0: My notion of what the psychedelic experience is for is that we each must become like fishermen and go out onto the dark ocean of mind and let your nets down into that sea. And what you're after is not some behemoth that will tear through your nets, foul them and drag you and your little boat you know, into the abyss, nor are what we're looking for a bunch of sardines that can slip through your net and disappear. Ideas like, have you ever noticed that your little finger exactly fits your nostril? (laughs) And stuff like that. What we are looking for are middle sized ideas <laughs> that are not so small that they 're trivial and not so large that they 're incomprehensible but middle sized ideas that we can wrestle into our boat and take back to the folks on shore and have fish dinner and Every one of us when we go into the psychedelic state, this is what we should be looking for. It's not for your elucidation It's not part of your self-directed Psychotherapy you are an explorer and you represent our species and the greatest good you can do is to bring back a new Idea because our world is endangered by the absence of good ideas our world is in crisis because of the absence of consciousness and so to whatever degree any one of us can bring back a small piece of the picture and contribute it to the building of a new paradigm then we participate in the redemption of the human spirit and that after all is what it's really all about. out there at Marvelland, face front. This is Stan Lee speaking.
1: Hey, who made you a disc jockey, Lee?
0: Well, well, Jolly Jack Herbie. By the way, Jack, the readers have been complaining about Sue's hairdo again.
2: What am I
3: supposed to do? Be a hairdresser? Next time I'll draw a bald-headed.
1: Hello and welcome to the Bullpen Bulletin's podcast, the celebration of all things Marvel. I'm Vince B. I'm David Price. Once again, we have a guest in the studio with us tonight, someone very near and dear to my heart and David's. Indeed. Chris Niesman from the godly Around Comics podcast. Oh,
4: jeez. Hold on, i got to put my copy of Countdown
1: down.
2: Hold on. <laughs> It's <laughs> the D C around comics podcast. Hey Countdown's
1: <laughs> pretty good. I won't knock Countdown. I'm enjoying it. I will. I'm digging it. it's cool. Uh-huh. See that this is where David and I are so much different. He was enjoying fifty two. I couldn't stand it. And now I, I think countdown is great and David doesn't like it. I just well, like
2: it's a good thing Sean and Jim are taking care of the D C comics podcast then so we don't have to bicker about it too much. Damn, beat down.
1: Yeah, see,
4: that's what you guys do. It's like one of you is the good cop, one's the bad cop, <laughs> and you just switch back
1: and forth. It, it's the, it, it's our dynamic.
4: You, you know, the the listen listeners didn't get to hear beforehand, but you know, as we're doing the pre show, you know, Vince is like, okay, I'm going to hate on this book this week, and David, you hate on this book next week, and
2: we'll just <laughs> switch back and forth yes, just to keep scripted. people off balance. There's absolutely no spontaneity <laughs> in the show. I will say though that. As far as the second McKeever issue, it seems that his his issues of Countdown, without straying too far off our subject right now, have been the better issues. I think he, it wrote, he wrote forty-seven, which was last week's, which was with the Veronic <sighs> pencils and. Local boy, that, that wasn't a bad right for you. Yes, and it wasn't. It wasn't a bad issue. Before that, eh. But you know, we'll see what happens when I read 46 this week.
1: All I gotta do is look, at, look at the cast of characters: Darkseid and Desaad in the first two pages. Jimmy Olsen. First issue. We haven't yeah. seen them since. Well, it's okay. Jimmy Olsen, Source Wall, Light Ray. Sign me up for all of them. I'm in. That's all. That's all I need to know. Mary Marvel in a hot black dress. God, does it get any better than that?
2: You know what? Well, then that would be fine if there weren't word balloons on the page. If I have to read what the hell's going on, that's what's killing me. Uh,
1: I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> pretty cool. Good job, DC, for Countdown. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah, job. Pat fun. on the back. Check in the mail They're there, fun. All right. <laughs> right. Let's, bring, let's, bring it back. let's bring it back to Marvel. Draw All it in. Right. Thank you, Chris. Let's, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's, why we need a, that's why we need a guest. So, Chris, let's check in with you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. What do you got going on? Uh, but
4: besides, uh, besides your work and walking my dogs and trying to read way too many comics and just <laughs> having fun with summer. And yeah, it's like the, you know, we're in Chicago and we're enjoying like the, the what, that two week window where it's very like Southern California-esque here. So trying to, um, open up the window as I sit inside and read comic books and and enjoy it. Nothing better. Yeah. No, but no. Thanks sir. Things are good, man. Wife mm. is wife is, is is great.
1: What's coming up on Around Comics? What can I look forward to? Oh.
4: Well, after you're done uh mixing and editing this masterpiece and it comes out 3 weeks from now.
1: Uh, oh, I think I lost a testicle on that one
4: that's <laughs> uh, no, uh we got uh we got a frank miller career res- retrospective coming up this week and uh, and then our regular news and reviews uh Tom is actually going to be taking the week off, so it's just going to be me and Sal so if we uh if we get out of this one without killing each other, it'll be a, a minor miracle. But uh, uh, whatever happens, I'm sure it'll be fun. Then uh, next week we're going to be talking with uh, David Peterson, the uh, artist and writer of Mouse Guard. And cool. Then after that, I really have no idea. That it's, sounds awesome. We're we're freewheeling after that, baby. Oh. Yeah, I know we got uh we got a few guests that uh that we'll be talking with pretty soon, but uh yeah, just uh, just lots of you know, good fun comics talk, just cool. like you guys.
1: What's uh episode one hundred eight? Uh that's oh that's our talk with uh
4: uh Professor Jeremy Mullins and a couple graduate students from the uh Savannah College of Art and Design. And so we got to hear all about uh, an actual sequential art. Program at uh, at an art and design school and and how they prepare their students for careers in sequential art, whether it be uh, comic books, uh, OGNs, working as a storyboard artist for video games or film, but it, it's really a heavily comic-based. Department, whether it be you know, web or print. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, really interesting to hear about the uh, the education process for uh, for comics.
1: Cool. That's cool. Yep. See, you did the old switcheroo because 107 was like a circus, and 108 is going to be the academic. That's neat. Yeah, well,
4: we're going to throw another one at you here uh, on, uh, on next Thursday. So we're going to put our NPR hat on, I think. It's awesome. going to be great
1: documentary-like. Yes. I cannot wait. And I'm so glad hey. you're here today, Chris. Because oh, I miss you guys. Be, today was not a good day, and we miss you too. <laughs> and, and, and everybody who, we do, we do. who visits our forum on uh, bullpenbulletinspodcast.com knows why it was not a good day for me today. Because I've waited months for this Jack Kirby for the, the world.
4: The, the, I was going to say the, the weather pants came in, and they are the wrong
1: size. Yeah, and they, they, no, had they the, did have an ass no crotch I like the crotch you know but anyway I've been waiting months for this Jack Kirby fourth world omnibus hardcover to come out I get my hands on it today the comic store owner hands it to me and I swear to God it doesn't even weigh a pound the paper they used is crappy ass newsprint for 50 bucks I don't know about you guys but if I'm going to drop that kind of money on a hardcover I expect decent paper they don't
4: get don't get that out of a Marvel omnibus.
1: No, and 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 the the the, the kick. <laughs> listen to this. The kicker was they had a stack of Planet Hulk hardcovers, and maybe one or two Fourth Worlds. And the difference between these two things was incredible. The hardcover Hulk was weighty. It had you know a nice presence, and it was it, it and it was fifteen or twenty dollars cheaper. Than the the fourth world omnibus, not a good move, DC, because you know what? No more money from me on this series. Done.
2: I'm wondering yeah, if, I, I, I. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna do a quick little jab. By all means, if you have something.
1: Oh, let him let him <laughs> <laughs> let him do the jab.
2: I was just gonna think that if if it, maybe this because Marvel is kind of you know marketing their high end archived collections as omnibuses and even though this is Jack Kirby and he made his name at Marvel, maybe this is DC's jab at at you know knocking the omnibus format going, okay, well, you know, this is what we really think of Marvel's omnibus.
1: Well I, I don't think I don't see how that would benefit DC because No it
2: definitely wouldn't. I mean it really is. It really is a sad I mean
1: yeah. I'm is, sure that the the number of orders for the first one and second, I bet you it'll drop by at least 50% once everybody sees what they're getting for the money or what they're not getting for the Daddy, money. You know, Just I was... a
2: collection with crappy paper to begin with.
1: And if there's anything that deserves a quality presentation, it's the freaking fourth world saga. I mean, it's it's what the DC universe is based on since, what, at least 30 years. You can't I... throw, throw a, a piece of kryptonite in the DC without hitting a new god or someone related <laughs> to a new god. You know, so like... It's a, a legendary piece of work that has spawned countless storylines for DC writers and artists. Give the guy his due. Present it in the format that it deserves.
4: You know, I was a little worried when they announced the project. And I was like, DC Omnibus, what is what is that? When they didn't give the uh, Fourth World the the absolute... Right treatment. I was I was a little worried that it was going to be subpar because those absolutes are really you know archive quality paper. You bet. You know the slip cases and it's like you know that they're they're a hundred bucks. You know they're expensive or they're seventy five to a hundred dollars. Um, but I, I I think you as a as a lifelong Kirby fan wouldn't mind spending an extra twenty five dollars nope. and getting the absolute treatment on it.
1: I don't think I want to live in a world where Neil Gaiman gets an absolute treatment and Jack doesn't, (laughs) you
2: know? How was was Grant Morrison's introduction, though?
1: Didn't read it yet. i I, I tell you the truth. I got my books home, put that in the corner for when I get to it because it's not a a priority. Oh, the the artwork's fantastic. And the coloring, uh, you know, they didn't go full bore on it. It's all flat color, but still. It, it it looks the colors are a little bit sharper and the book is essentially two fables trades with a hardcover on it. I mean it's the same paper used in the Fables trades, which is cool. If you're dumping 17.99 on Fables, that's worth it to me. It's not high-end paper, you're not expending a lot of money on this or you're not investing a lot of money on this thing and you're getting damn good stories and art. So fine, but for
2: 50 bucks? No. It's now, crazy. Th- this isn't the first this isn't the first DC collection that has the Omnibus moniker next to it. So uh, if anybody can Tell me if any of the other DC omnibuses are of the same format. I mean, that little bit of information might have been nice to have.
4: I mean, even. What, other, D- what other DC omnibuses are there?
1: The uh, flaming hand of the source is writing on the wall, and unfortunately, it's not using its index finger. <laughs> the,
4: uh... I know the image has started using the omnibus name yes. for, like, the the uh, darkness and witchblade and,
2: and that kind of stuff. Godland. Woohoo! Yeah, I can't wait to get that. Um, the, no, I'm serious. No, it wasn't. That wasn't it. Not Kirby Crack whore. Uh, Kirby Crackle. <coughs> Chris, did you say if you spoke to Chris Marshall, or did you get him on the phone?
4: Yeah, he actually he hadn't heard about it yet. He said he's gonna gonna run to the message boards and and try and find out oh, what was going was it. on.
2: Um, he's gonna Super- try uh, and contact Evanir. Nice. Uh, Superman, the Doomsday on the bus. That's one of them. Oh, yeah.
1: And for that price, I would expect it to and be. I th- and that's a the soft same cover.
2: Though. Oh, is it? I believe it's a trade. I don't believe it's a hardcover.
1: DC Talk's been going on a little too long. We don't want to have uh, a flood, <laughs> a flood of negative emails, like the ones we're about to read. I haven't been emailing you that much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, you call.
1: That's even worse. <laughs> <I am. laughs> well, before we go any further, we got to make good on our promise last episode to finish what we started. And without further ado, here is part two of our conversation with Jefferson Workman and David Walker from last episode. Chris, David, and I will be back to talk about the initiative and a whole bunch of other stuff. So we'll see you in a little while. We won't see in a little while. You'll hear from us in a little while. How about that?
2: <laughs> that wasn't so obvious. I'm sorry. I'll You're so you subtle know, about it.
1: I'll throw something else into the pot. Another book that has suffered immeasurably post civil war, and that's Thunderbolts. I kneel at the altar of Warren Ellis just like everybody else, but I think Thunderbolts is in no way as good as it was with Fabian Nicieza and Tom Grummet. That book was exciting, it was all the characters were not exactly squeaky clean, but there was always something to like about them. Ellis's Thunderbolts is populated by pricks, with the exception of one or two. Every character is a disgusting, murdering savage,
3: uh,
1: out for themselves. I mean, there's nothing likable about these characters, and I don't want to read about Bullseye every goddamn month, <laughs> you know. And and putting Norman Osborn in the spotlight.
2: You mean Tommy Lee Jones?
1: He's a great Tommy? villain yes. when he's fighting Spider-Man, but as uh, he's basically carrying the book. It just it's not working. It's, I, I don't think that the work that Nesieza and Grummett did deserve to be just squashed out like that. Now, read Baron Zemo, Born Better. In four issues, that book is, is ten times the, the title that Thunderbolts is. They're just, they know the characters. They, to, to just come in and strip the status quo just for the sake of a, a, an event, it just doesn't make sense to me. And, and not only that, how many issues has Fabian worked on this title? Just the time invested in this cast is is a hundred plus issues. Yeah, and just to sweep it all under the rug just because Warren Ellis is coming on the book, I don't get it. I felt Yet.
5: that way. I felt that way, Vince, about the first two issues. Yeah, uh, it was like I don't want to read a fucking book about these uh, nasty, as you said, pricks. They just are just taking taking down these guys who don't want to register. I mean, the whole Jack, the whole uh, Jack Flag deal. I mean, I kind of thought it was disgusting. Right. And I mean, they beat the guy senseless. Right. And, uh, but then after that, <clears throat> I kind of like the interplay that Norman Osborne is bringing into the book. And you, you had said you think he's carrying the book.
1: Right, because his, that, his psychosis is interesting.
5: Yes. And I think that's what's keeping me interested in this book is where, what's going to happen with that.
1: When did Swordsman become such a bastard? You know, didn't he stab Jack Flagg in the spine? Yes. The swordsman in the Thunderbolts pre-Civil War was nothing like that. He, I mean, well, like I said, he wasn't, you know, a role model, but he didn't go around uh, crippling people just for the hell of it. You know, they had Jack Flagg in a position where he wasn't going to get away. And he just, you know, zapped him in the spine with his sword and that's it.
2: Damn.
1: Yeah. It's it's just a nasty, bloodthirsty book. I just, I don't know. I, I'm not getting any enjoyment out of it. I, I like Heroes. That at least fight for what they believe, and these guys are just fighting because they're in a position where they have no other choice. Their blood is full of nanites, and if they don't do it, they could get taken down. So that that doesn't give them ex- an excuse to just run roughshod over all these heroes.
5: Right. I did like that scene in the last issue with uh, Osborn and Penance when he's in his room, and uh, Osborn just wants him off the team because mm-hmm. because he doesn't think he's
2: stable.
1: Let's look at Penance. That's,
2: wait, wait, that's that's the Blanc on the Kettle Black. <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: As far as Penance goes, I think that character benefited a lot from the events of Civil War because Speedball was a throwaway before that. Now at least he has a little bit of a, there's an attraction there because you just can't imagine someone doing that to themselves in uh, light of the guilt that they're carrying around. I mean, he's basically poking holes in himself. Just He's like self-flagellating. Just to beat the guilt out of himself for what happened in, in Stanford, and right. yeah, that that's pretty interesting, you know, in a, in a morbid kind of way. But I don't know, Thunderbolts is, is is in my opinion, I dropped it because I don't think it's it's worth two ninety nine a month.
5: I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep going with it.
1: Will you tell me how it is?
5: Yeah, no, I you know, I guess I can come from is like I really never read the Thunderbolts until the Civil War issues came about, so I don't have that rich deep knowledge that you do. Well, I don't either. But, uh, but uh, you know,
1: it's a, it was at least a fun book. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it had moments of uh, brilliance as far as Baron Zemo's concerned. To take, you know, essentially uh, a rotten bastard and make him into something of a hero. where I mean, his methods were not exactly kosher, but he, he got the job done. Saved the universe in the arc that directly preceded uh, Warren Ellis's run. That's well, like something to admire.
5: Well, like Tom Keeter says. Ellison hates America. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> and if Tom says it, it must be true. Yeah,
1: I, I agree. <laughs> Captain America, what do you think? Consistently good, but has it... I, th-
2: I think it was better before. I think that... I would have liked... I mean, granted, we had plenty of Cap in Civil War. I would have liked... I'm glad that we got to focus on Bucky, and we saw Nick, and we had you know some scenes with Sharon. I would have liked more Captain America in his own comic, but I think I, I think I mean it was it was fantastic before Civil War. It continued some of the storylines while Civil War was going on in the title, and it's just been you know, well. I haven't read twenty six yet, but you know, as far as the issue after Civil War, it's fantastic. Continues to be fantastic.
1: So you think the death of the title character was a necessary evil?
2: I don't. No, I'm not saying it was necessary. I'm. I, I. I have faith in Brubaker to 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 tell the story he wants to tell. I. I don't. You know. It was. I didn't see it coming. I didn't. You know. It. It took me by surprise. I. I, I wouldn't have expected it. So. I don't think that Captain America had to die because of how Civil War ended, or or if that was going to. You know, continue the Civil War storyline. I'm just as far as the title goes.
5: But I think Brubaker had this planned. Way before he, Civil War entered the picture, he did. He was
2: he, he going had to. Kill. He had to. He had to push it up. From what I've heard and read, he pushed up his timeline. It was going to happen later on, but uh. it, it it turned out that this was the most opportune moment, based on how Civil War ended and where where the storyline was going. This was. He was still going to do this. this. This just pushed it up a little bit.
1: I think Captain America is good comics. It started out. Baker's run as really good comics and it continues to be an example of what can be done when a good writer is in charge of a great character, a great cast, great artists. It's just a, an amazing example of how good superhero comics can be.
5: Captain is the first book I read on my file. I love that book.
1: I know Dave reads it.
5: Yeah, it's good stuff. I've had to switch now I was
6: reading Captain Trades and now I have to read you know, <laughs> Visual kind of i think I think are, that
2: but... and i think I think that is high praise for a comic if 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 you're reading a title and you know you can wait six or seven months, well, for Marvel, you know, almost five, but but six months or so after everybody else has read it. And you, can, and, and you enjoy the story enough where you can read it in chunks at a time and then something happens where, okay, now you know what, I have to read this as soon as the issue comes out. I think, I, I really don't think there's much higher praise than that.
1: Because you're guaranteed a trade with a book like Captain America. You know Marvel's going to publish a trade.
2: You know, you know, within, you know it's coming out with an omnibus. Right. Yes. Which... <laughs>
1: and, <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm, I'm overjoyed <laughs> were you pinching your that. nipples when
1: you did that <laughs> well, really? Jesus. twisting hard <laughs> I think you're leaking uh, <laughs> but I agree I, I did the same thing too I was reading Cap and Trades and I said holy moly I have to read this monthly I just can't wait so we all agree that's cool I, I, I like it when we agree how about Daredevil
2: well I, I, I wasn't sure this was going to make it on that list I it wasn't a Civil War tie-in to me we yeah. had we we had someone masquerading as Daredevil in New York, and we had Matt Murdock in prison, then in Europe, and granted, Daredevil, quote unquote, made an appearance or a couple appearances in Civil War, and he was in Forty Two, but as far as the title itself, title was kicking ass when Brubaker Baker took over from Bendis, and it continues to kick ass. And yep, I'm loving this 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 third arc he's working on right now.
1: Are you noticing a trend here?
2: As far as Brew Baker? Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Daredevil was just balls out before, and it still continues to be good. And it it only had a a tenuous link to Civil War anyway. I
6: don't really think you can compare. That comparison is even to be made, you know? They they don't really, it's not tied in with it. They don't really acknowledge it too much in the storyline. He's like, oh, maybe I'll throw up a mention, but really, this is just the story I want to go with, and... So, so there you go. I'm, I'm just you know I've always I've loved that title for so long and I'm still I still love it. It's one of the best ones, probably my favorite one that they're producing. So sweet. I'm
5: in like Flint with that title.
1: <laughs> so let's look at Heroes for Hire. I don't read it, so I can't say.
5: I don't read it either. I, I, it. I, Except I, tentacle I, porn. Now
2: it's <laughs> <fun> <laughs> <of> interest. <laughs> I, I do. I do have the. Uh, I do have the first two issues that are the Civil War tie-ins that I, I have not read yet. And I haven't read any issues to date.
1: Yeah, I haven't read it either. So that's off the list. Let's look at Ghost Rider, which had a couple casualties uh, casualties of war issues post-Civil War. Uh, didn't really factor in before Civil War. So I guess, you know, the, the Civil War comparison before is moot. But let's just look at the time frame. Were the issues that preceded the Casualty of War issues as good as what has come after?
2: Those Corbin issues... I, I they were I, good. I love I love bringing that up because so many people are. Like, oh my god, Richard! What the hell was he thinking? Oh, who put him on the book? I, you know, the hell with that. The, the, those were some two fun issues. Yep. Looking back at um at Johnny and the whole you know heaven and hell and whatnot and, and that was neat. The storyline, the first what six or seven eight issues were 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 great. The Corbin issues were fun, and the casualty support. You know what? Jack and Lantern has always been like just some. Pokey Spider-Man villain, but goddamn if text don't make him look menacing.
1: So, you, so you give it a thumbs up? I do. Yeah, I, I got to go the different way. I, okay. I oh, i th- no, no I, I think the the, casual- <laughs> no, just, the, the casualties of, of war arc. I just it's not. It doing may it. be
2: slow. I don't <laughs> think it needs to go. No, okay. I don't think it needs to go as long as it's been going. And I am looking at it strictly as as from an artistic point of view. I, it's a beautiful looking book, but I don't. I, I say okay. Now that I, now <laughs> I get what you're saying, but okay, do I think I I, I don't know? Yeah, I don't I, know that I completely interrupted you.
1: No, that's all right. I don't really care. Um, I I think the the casualty of war issues are not only slow, which you're right, they are moving at a pretty. It's like Chinese water torture. Oh, it's just, you get a little bit of drip here, a little bit of drip there, but it, it, they're uninteresting to me. Okay, it's just uh, it's it's a story that's been told many many times before. Johnny Blaze finds himself in a town and he's got to prove his worth to someone, whether it's a sheriff or you know a, a, a neglected housewife, whatever. But and, and and you're right as far as Jack O' Lantern goes, uninteresting character. I mean, there's a reason why he got his head blown off <laughs> in in Civil War because he's just uh, he's he's um, ponce. <laughs> well, no. What I was going to say is, is he's a poor man's Green Goblin, or he's even a, a poor man's Hobgoblin. It's just it's the same crap. You know, He he he's not very interesting as a character because there are other characters that are pretty much cut from the same cloth that are more interesting. I think he's a throwaway. I really do. And it, it's you can't really say that it's jack o because it's the devil. Right. And even the devil's not interesting, you know? He's flippant and he's aloof and whatever it's just not fun uh, and as far as the art goes it, it's nice but I think they did a, a much better job on the first six you could tell they were really trying their hardest to make that book look gorgeous and now it's just like meh let's just get it out
5: he's going to have a pickup though with those World War Hulk fans
2: yeah probably uh, I, I'm, I'm just not that, feeling those, the, those Del Auto covers oh that, that
5: one, with the, Hulk Hulk oh, the one uh, with the sword oh the one with the sword in the ground oh that yeah. kills
6: that's a great cover
5: that
2: is awesome. It's 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 it's, 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 the, it's the better one of the two that I've seen because that first one where he's trying to choke Hulk with his chain that 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 that's not thrilling at all. But I'll I'll give you that the sword one is is the better of the two.
1: I really like the covers though on the recent batch, with the uh, Arthur Seldom covers. Yeah, they are. Uh, the The man does not do slapshot work really nice covers but the interiors as far as the stories eh, i could take them or leave them did i say slap shod? so i want to say slip shod. it's okay i'll just place it in slip shod. <laughs> <laughs> so where are we going dave do you you don't read ghost rider do you uh
6: no i've been reading ghost rider trail of tears so that doesn't have anything to do with it which
1: is amazing isn't it
3: yeah it's fantastic
1: oh clayton crane yeah. Clay, he's just fantastic Yeah, it's insane. and the storyline's good too Yeah. so let's move on to Iron Man I haven't enjoyed what I've read post-Civil War
5: I've immensely enjoyed it
1: <laughs> really? yes Well, why don't you tell us why
5: <laughs> um, they, you know, I think uh, <laughs> I think it was I and L. Dave were probably the only ones who supported uh, the <laughs> character during Civil War I think they've just put Tony in a totally interesting place post-civil war i mean i could never have imagined him he would take the mantle as director of shield and within the two issues that i've read so far you can see the conflict that he has with being the head of shield that maybe inside he doesn't feel that he has the merit to do it but um i don't know it, it's just really cool and then and then with now the introduction of uh, the mandarin character coming back in it's that an orange the, guy
3: isn't it
1: <laughs>
5: uh, but,
3: um, sorry
1: uh, he's so sweet the,
5: the mandarin and the, with the appearance of the mandarin coming in and the, just the one panel where uh, they presented him with the ring and he goes there's one problem and he holds up and he's, he's got stumps for, oh, uh, on his arms they've uh, cut uh, off his uh, hands uh, uh, um,
1: they give him <laughs> a cock ring <laughs> oh Jesus Christ
5: <laughs> It'll be an interesting battle.
1: He can fight um, Misty Knight and Colleen Wing. <laughs> there you go. Get him! <laughs> Oops, I lost my ring. Where is it? Let's try and find it. <laughs> so, in there somewhere.
5: So, I, so I don't know if it's because I'm a long-time Iron Man fan. Maybe that has to play in it, but I really do like the direction that it's going. And uh, De La Torre is the artist. It's just beautiful stuff.
1: Now, the the writing team is the same as the...
5: Yeah, the Knopf, son, father, and son.
1: That did Carnival, right?
2: Yeah. Uh, yes. And,
1: and I have recently been introduced to that show. Good
2: Lord, what a show! Yeah, those those two seasons were. Re- it's a shame HBO didn't didn't continue with it. Oh, it's really
1: not renewed. Did. No, no. Oh, you no. got to be kidding
2: me! After no, after the second season, man, that was it. There was talk that uh, Sci Fi might. Be. I think Sci Fi is going to pick it
5: up.
1: No shit. No, see,
5: I don't totally
1: unrehearsed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I'm a huge. There was, you know, the, the, there was there was talks I if I was going to pick it up when it first got dropped from HBO, but I'm pretty sure those talks have died since. Oh
1: then. no! See, I'm but, I'm a huge David Lynch fan, and be- because of th- his work, I became a fan of Michael Anderson, who plays Samson in the show. And that's what initially attracted me to it, because okay. I don't usually watch many television shows, but I, I read the cast, and they're all fantastic actors. The guy that played the Kurgan in um, Highlander, yep. oh, he's just yep. amazing.
2: So I Clancy Brown, the voice of Lex Luthor.
1: Right. We have um, Comcast On Demand, and one night I was just looking for something to do. I, I, I watched the first episode, and I was literally, I had the wind knocked out of me. It, yeah. it was just so good, and that episode... Babylon, where the one daughter of the guy that always plays um, the slimy guy, the Frank, con man. Frank Sinatra. He, he, he does a great Frank Sinatra. The one where she was uh, killed and, and the, yep. the ghosts. Oh my God. It was just beautiful television. It was, it, was it was great.
2: It was a dark show. It was a great show. It was well written. It was well acted. I don't like Nick Stahl, but I liked him in this. Um,
1: where it ended. Did they resolve anything, or did it just leave it
2: open? No, it's, it's open-ended. It, oh. it, it completely... It, it killed me to see that last episode, because I was like, oh, okay. And then... I mean, I'm not spoiling it for anybody, but I just... Well, I, mean, I, I, I didn't... I, I, was,
1: I only saw the first six, so...
2: I have the, the first season on DVD and HBO, because HBO gouges their, their viewers. You, and you paid 80 bucks for
1: that? Fuck no.
2: All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Like, I bought that one when it was on sale big time, and that's why I haven't bought any HBO series since, because they don't know how to price their DVDs. No,
1: they're ridiculous. I haven't I
2: haven't bought any episodes. I, I bought the first season of Deadwood when it came out, and it was on sale, but I haven't bought any seasons since. Same thing. I would love to own The Wire, but I'm not spending 80 you right. 80 bucks on the on 13 episodes and how many and and there's hardly anything for extras. I think so, I think Star Trek. You know? I, I, Jesus.
1: I think the 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 uh, reasoning behind the pricing of their DVDs is they want to get subscription fees from you as if you subscribe <laughs> to Homebox. No, really. I can believe to that. watch that show. What what's Homebox a but meanwhile, month? Meanwhile, it's it's they're owned by Time Warner.
2: It's like, do you really need my money this badly?
1: Well, let's be honest. They are all really excellent shows. I, I don't think there's a stinker in the whole Homebox Stable. It may be the Cat House, but that's just ridiculous. But, I mean... The, hey, the, man,
2: that might get someone in the mood.
1: Oh, no, they're all, <laughs> ooh, disgusting women.
2: Well, they're horse.
1: I, <laughs> I know, but I'm just... The dramas are really good. So I don't know. Maybe uh, you pay for uh, first, quality. the first
2: few seasons of Six Feet Under. I'll I'll grant you. I mean, towards the end, Six Feet Under got a little out there for me. But in any case, um, yeah, no, Carnival, great series. I um, that was one thing that made me interested in Iron Man after issue seven because what Warren Ellis wrote the first six, mm-hmm. and then which was well, like the extremists, extremists, or, yeah, right. So um, and then the Nops came in. First issue seven uh, are they still writing it yes okay see well, that's see, great i i
1: bought the first two and i just i just wasn't digging it i will agree I, with jefferson though the art's very good
2: i have one thank issue yes uh, <laughs> i love you again i have thank one you for issue giving me that of the um <laughs> i have one civil war tie-in i think it might have been 14 it's the issue where uh where he kills um Pap. that was pretty good yeah you're right 'Cause there was almost like an actual battle in that. I mean there was like Iron Man versus Cap and Spider Man and it you know, I mean that wasn't a bad issue, but that was the only Civil War time. And then of course, you know, I think we both bought was it war crimes or whatever the hell that was called with mm-hmm. the great cover of uh God knows what. It was supposed to be Kingpin.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kingpin fondling a nipple. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I guess we're a little bit split on Iron Man. I, I should take Jefferson's uh, opinions to heart. And maybe pick up the trade. We'll see. We'll
5: I see. give it an A plus.
1: Do you really? I, that's good. I,
5: I do. I really. I do really enjoy the book. I think it. I think post Civil War, he has possibly one of the most interesting positions now.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm interested in. I'm, I'm interested in Tony Stark, director of Shield. I. I curious to see where that goes. Although you know what, I like Tony Stark in the first not even first full issue that he was in in Mighty Avengers. I think he's uh He's wacky in that though. Well dude, we <laughs> he, he wasn't even in the first full issue. He turned into a chick, a robot chick at that. Yeah. So it's not like you can even say that he was <laughs> in yeah. the first issue. Um, That's a good
3: segue.
1: Then, <laughs> we can use that. <laughs>
3: and
2: then, and, and I was, I was going to mention The Initiative, but that was Rody was, was, was Tony Stark even in The Initiative? No. Okay. And I mean, I'm not talking about the one shot. I'm talking about the new ongoing. So yeah, in case no, anybody he's not out there is, is confused. But okay.
1: Well, while we're on the subject, let's, let's run with this. If Civil War meant having great books like Mighty Avengers and The Initiative, then I'm glad Civil War happened. Because those two titles, especially The Initiative, I think The Initiative was brilliant.
2: Oh, I love that first issue. I got off to a great start.
1: Did you read that, Dave?
2: No, I'm not reading the
6: initiative.
1: How about Mighty oh, Avengers?
6: I'm reading Mighty Avengers. I'm loving that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really fun book. Yeah. Uh, to read and I like with how Bennett is writing it, like his, uh, you know, using the uh, his new use of the uh, thought balloons.
3: Woohoo <laughs> Or,
6: or as some people annoyingly call them, bubbles.
2: Well, and, aren't they uh, bubbles? You don't think they're bubbles? Hmm. They're not bubbles, the they're balloons. Yes, not bubbles. <laughs>
1: bubbles, <So that's, laughs>
2: but they look like a bubble. <laughs> no, and they're not, and they're, they're tied
6: not called th- word bubbles.
2: No, they're called mm-hmm. word balloons, because right. they look differently than than and a thought, thought bubble. Thought
6: balloons are called thought balloons.
1: It's pop up Mighty Avengers.
6: <laughs> <laughs> it, it is like it's
2: like the, uh, one of those Vh1. Yep, <laughs> <video> <laughs> look at those things. <laughs> pop up videos. Wow, so that's what it's like when someone calls something something you're not a fan of. Okay.
1: Yeah. I've seen some floppy thought bubbles.
2: I fucking hate them fucking (laughs) bubbles. Don't fucking say (laughs) bubbles to me.
6: You say bubbles anywhere near me. Well, it depends on how much alcohol you had and how
2: how adamant you feel about something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, call them what you will, thought bubbles, thought balloons. They are quite effective. I, I like them. And not just because I'm an old fart and that's what we used to read. I, I just... I, they're, they're nice to have. It, it just gives a, another little perspective into the mind of the character, which is, doesn't hurt the writer at all. The writer benefits from stuff like that. So... Um,
6: it, yeah, It gives the book its own feel that's separate from every other book that's happened.
1: Yep. And was was Tony hitting on uh, Ms. Marvel in the first issue? I kind of got that impression.
2: Tony was hitting on everybody. I yeah. don't think he was hitting on... I don't think mm. he was hitting on Carol, though. He... He might have, um... He was thinking things, like like the thing about, uh... Was it Black Widow looking good in leather, but then he thought to himself, not as good as you.
1: Baby. <laughs> and uh, I mean, he also, he also <laughs> had
2: the, uh, You also see the the little I heart image when, uh... When, or no, he thought Marry Me when he saw Natasha working out. And, um Ares had the little heart image when uh, Black Widow took command of Shield. Could but we pretty much agree:
1: Mighty Avengers and the Initiative are worth the price of Civil War, all on their what own. What about the New Avengers?
5: Yeah, I think what I think what Bendis is doing between both of those books is great.
1: I like New Avengers, but I'll be honest with you: I liked the character profile issues a lot more than this trek to Japan that's going on and, and, and Electra. Maybe I'm just electra out after seeing her in Enemy of the State. and She's, she's too... She's like the female Wolverine. I don't know. I, I like the individual character profiles. I never cared for Luke Cage all that much but after I read Bendis' issue of uh, New Avengers, I, I, I liked the guy. You know, it gave us a little bit of an insight into what makes him tick. Same thing with Natasha and, and Hawkeye. That was cool. And uh, the, the Captain America issue was, was really good. And the Spider-Woman issue was great. It's just and now we just have this, uh, I feel, I don't know what to call it. But I like it. I just don't like it as much as what came before.
5: You know, I've, like, I've, you know, I've been getting New Avengers since it started. And, you know, I've kind of like hobbled along with Bendis through the whole run. <laughs> I don't know if he's necessarily the most gifted writer for a group. He's really good when he's focusing on individuals, as it showed in those, like you said, those character profile mm-hmm. issues in the New Avengers. But <laughs> there's something that's happening right now between both those books. I really think he's maybe finally getting his game together. I think with the th- opportunity on those both those books. The and n- then plus you get the pretty artwork from Lian Yu.
1: Oh right? yeah. Yeah. But the narrative in New Avengers is a little bit confusing, don't you think?
5: Yeah, I'll get the, into that. the first in
1: what way? The it's just it jumps around in in, in terms oh, of I love
2: that. Okay, the last time before the latest issue. You know who Ronan is now, right? No. You read the latest issue? No. Shit. Then we can't have this conversation. Okay. Then you can't you can't say then that the narrative is because I you you read the latest issue and you find out who Ronan is and then we'll have the conversation of whether or not the narrative is is, is puts you at a at a, at a disadvantage well, because if
1: Right, but I'm just saying. In the first issue, just to, just take the first issue. They were in location X, and then they were in Japan, and then they go back to the room where Cap was laying on the slab. And then in the second issue, they were somewhere else in a different time frame, talking to someone about something that happened before they ever saw Cap. You know what I mean? It's just it was just. It seems like it was bouncing around. It would have been. It would have flowed better if it was not so much linear, but at least somewhat.
2: Okay. You're not alone in saying that because Sal has said it. I mean, a few people have said that, you know, enough with the jumping around. Just tell the damn story, you know, chronologically. Yeah. Or linear, you know, just do it. Like, and I, I, don't, have, I
1: don't need stepping stones. I don't have to go from A to B to C. I can understand a story that jumps around, but it, it, maybe it was his goal to maybe give you a little bit of a vertigo feeling or confuse you a little bit or... I, I don't know. What were you going to say? It
2: it, it works. Read, read read the when you get the issue, read it, and because it was a throwaway line that Spider Man said about you know I wish we were back fighting Brother Voodoo or something, and you know you might have thought, well, what the hell that got to do with anything? Where the hell did that come from? And I mean, it it will make sense as it goes on. I don't see. Don't tell me, Ronan's brother Voodoo.
5: No, he's Flash Thompson.
2: <laughs> it's Barry Allen.
1: The I'm fuck? not, you
2: know, I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want Bendis to continue. Just
1: tell me, was it friggin' Brother Voodoo? Yes or no? no. Just say yes or no. Was it Brother Voodoo? It's Pace Pop Pete. It, it, not, you're I, not saying no, so it must have been yes.
2: That's right, it is. You've he's got to be Cage, sh- he's, he's He says yo to Cage an awful lot. This isn't a tool that I hope Bendis will use. I knew those chicken the bones. Run. That's right, see? <laughs> they weren't a necklace. It's... It, you could
1: see the voodoo doll
2: tucked in his belt. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. That's that's no voodoo doll. <laughs> <Hey>. ah! <laughs> zing! I have no problem. I mean, you know, if if I'm the minority, then that's that's fine. I have no problem with with him fooling around with with time, the way he's doing it in this in this current storyline. I'm enjoying it. I I'm not trying to you know dismiss anybody that, and I'm not trying to say oh you must have a hard time following it. If it's just not a storyline, it's just not a device that you might. Be a fan of, or think he might be just abusing, and that's fine. I can see that. I just I don't have a problem with it right now. Well, in yeah. What he's, in the way he's telling the story,
1: I don't I don't have so much of a problem with it. And I think another part of the reason why I don't feel that invested in the story is because I read it monthly. Whereas if I read the story in trade, which gives you the opportunity to go back and and leaf through things and maybe revisit some parts, maybe it would. Gel more, you know. monthlies are are a bitch to keep track of. They really are. When, when you they read be, yeah. when you read so many books, it's just difficult to nail down stuff that happens. And you know, you don't go to see movies in twenty minute chunks. So I don't know. That's why I switched to trades. I want the whole thing in front of me. I, I need to see the whole piece of work at once to judge. I mean, how could like like Dave said, how could you judge Amazing Spider Man after two issues? Right. Maybe he'll he'll pull out a winner and, and make that the best goddamn Spider-Man story in the last twenty years. You don't know. So, let's move on. I tinkled over all that. I guess. Uh, how about <laughs> Pun- Punisher War Journal? It's awesome. I agree.
2: It really is. Yep. <laughs> I don't. A hard I
1: don't think it's lost any of its steam. It started off really strong and it's just continuing. Jefferson.
5: Fractions on a streak. He is. I, I like I like that cap costume. That oh, I do too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> is he? Um, has Marvel made any approach to Fraction on nailing him down for an exclusive contract? I- if not, why? He hasn't
2: yeah, said really.
5: anything. They, it might interfere with his Casanova.
2: Fucking Ellis is exclusive, and he's got Doctor Sleepless and Black Summer, and God what? knows what the hell else coming is, out from his independent work. Is Ellis yeah. exclusive? Ellis is exclusive. Yes.
1: Um, I can't wait for Doctor Sleepless. Continue. Yeah, I mean,
2: either the, the thing with exclusives is you get benefits, you get health insurance, things like that. You just cannot work for if it's a Marvel exclusive, you can't work for DC, and if it's a DC exclusive, you can't work for Marvel. As long, which is why you know. Ray and Palmiati are exclusive, which is why they're no longer writing Heroes for Hire. If Jimmy wants to ink something that's done for Marvel, I'm sure that's not a problem. But as far as writing, he's not going to be doing anything for Marvel for uh, the time all, being. It's all
6: going to depend on their individual contracts that they make up. Yeah. Right. You know, because I know Mike Norton, he can't work on anything else.
3: Right. Oh, anything
6: from DC any? Or whether it's what about loaded?
3: Style.
1: the one that he do? Um, he did that before.
6: Loaded Bible, loaded. he had it finished. Okay. Before
2: he... uh. It. which was and I'm sure was really you know, good I'm dying to read it <laughs> oh it was uh, really good you know obviously any Hulk work we see from Gary Frank in the next couple of months was done a while ago because now he's exclusive to DC
1: that was really weird wasn't it
2: that really really was I'm pissed yeah it's disappointing I was really I'm gonna miss him <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know because right? I mean with, I'm not I don't see me getting action anytime soon but you know you never know
5: maybe they just want to wait a little bit before they offer it to him because really he's only been working for the company maybe just a year yeah and he's, he's writing now. two
1: books and everything he's done has been friggin oh, yeah, amazing oh, yeah. it doesn't take mm-hmm. a I mean even Joe Q could see. hey this guy's really good yeah you know
2: and he he's, he's writing Punisher War Journal he did the
1: put he, the chicken he did down spider. Joe <laughs> <He did> the, <laughs> <laughs>
2: Joe lost weight I know um and uh, you know he wrote the Spider-Man Annual, and he's co-writing Iron Fist with with Brubaker. So I mean, it's not like he's he's got a proven Marvel track record just yet. So
3: they might
2: want to get a few more months into their belt. But you're right, I do agree. He should. You know,
5: be, he's got he the uh, uh, not, not the, the champions, champions. Yep. coming up, <laughs> coming
1: up. So like Dave said, it depends on the contract. But uh, I I hope they do lock him down soon. It, it would yes, give it would give me a reason to read a lot more books.
5: Yeah, and I, I want see, hate to see him jump ship.
1: Right, I want to see Fraction on something that I would not normally read, like like throw him on, um, say, Heroes for Hire or something like, or, or Ms. Marvel. Just something you would never expect Fraction to be on, and I bet you he would make that book just sing. But what do I know?
2: <laughs> what about She Hulk? Good, better, bad,
5: bad? Just reading it in trades.
1: Yeah, I I don't know how to respond to that. Because uh, she—it's always good and it's pretty irreverent. Even when it does tie into the stuff that's going on in the regular Marvel universe, it's done in a way that it's always fun. And it's always entertaining. I so, enjoy the book. Yeah, I, I really can't. It, it's a great book. It really is, and I'm sad to see Slot leaving.
5: Yeah. Who do you think's taking his place?
1: No idea. I tell you, a Fraction. Terry would be, Moore.
2: What? <laughs>
5: <laughs> Terry Moore, <laughs> oh, is, that, wait,
2: is that is that is that a rumor or is that just something you're throwing out there? That's or?
5: that's a guess, that's a guess because they're talking about whoever is taking the title is going to be perfectly suited for that character, okay. and and Moore has said he's got a big project at Marvel coming up. Huh? So I don't know.
1: Okay. I don't know if I'm going to continue on the title if he takes it over.
5: Really? Yeah. yeah. It really has to, kind of fill slot shoes and i don't know if you can i mean right what he's done so far with the book i don't know if anyone can really carry on
1: there's a certain tone to the book and a humor that i don't know i uh i i think whoever comes on it it's obvious it's not going to be the same title but to tell you the truth i i haven't liked what i've read from uh, terry moore so whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Whatever. I, I, strangers, in, strangers in paradise, lost me after issue like twenty. Okay, ADD. You think?
6: All I've read is from doing research on it recently
2: because somebody wanted a. Somebody wanted or somebody wants.
6: Somebody wants a commission. Well, I don't know now. Wanted or wants? <laughs> oh <answer>. snap. oh <laughs> but, uh, snap! So I had to do some research. <laughs> so so I actually, I, I probably read four pages of it. <laughs>
2: But, but uh, I'm sure you got a real feel for deep research. And they weren't even a in a row,
3: you know, it's just
6: the, yeah. four pages. And I, yeah. I got to tell you, though, I had my fill. Oh. <laughs> I was like, mm, that's about enough. I, think, I yeah. think that's about all I need to read of that. I gave, him, I gave, I gave it a real good chance.
2: <laughs> yeah, I gave, I gave him some real strong four pages out of 80-some-odd title issues, so that's good. Yeah.
1: I think if there, the book would be a little better if there was more rug munching in it. <laughs> 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 yeah, Mr. Politically Correct, that's me I didn't mean that uh,
5: Radical New porn? Direction Yeah, really <laughs> More well, tentacle porn it,
1: why, does, why does Kachou have a mustache? Ooh, it's oh, not a mustache Croucho oh. <laughs> <It's sighs> Marx it's, um, well, we've, we've basically covered uh, most stuff here, huh? Get Baron Zemo born better when the trade comes out It's very good, very interesting it's a it's a historical piece. It's a an action book. It's a a character um, thing. It's just it's just really it's good. A French farce. It it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bon vivant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did Moon Knight ever uh, cross over into Civil War? Not really. You <laughs> <He laughs> got some
2: crappy uh, casualties of war stories going on right
1: now. Oh, them's fighting words, I think.
2: <laughs> hey, you know, one man's something. Right. Can't please everybody.
1: Uh, the Ant-Man kind of tenuous ties to Civil War were kind of neat. The Mighty Avengers issues were, uh, were, were, were good.
6: remember. Oh, okay. The Mighty Avengers issues. Yeah. And uh, Carol's handbag. Yeah,
1: that was really good. <laughs>
5: Avengers in Carol's handbag. <laughs>
1: I love the shower scene. That, that was really good. And uh, I love the
5: scene where he's hanging on to her sash.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Damn, why isn't that sash in the front? Uh, Corey Walker, he is great.
2: It wasn't, you know, I mean, you could tell it wasn't Hester and Parks, but it still kind of fit. Yeah. What they had done beforehand, it was. It was, it was a nice. It was nice it was to see nice him. Fill in, if you want to call it
1: that. Yeah, it, it was it was really well done, and um, the guy's a pig. I I, I can Shit, yeah. I can relate very well to him.
6: <laughs> I'm, re- I'm really enjoying that character. You know, it's finally somebody whose first thoughts are stealing from someone his, like, last thought is saving their life. Right. Yeah. So I just think that's uh, uh, a lot more interesting to read than yet another do-gooder. You know, it's like he does good just by accident. You know, if he does do any good. But most of the time he's just on the run and stealing some people and trying to watch girls in the shower.
1: Gotta love him.
5: He's just like you and me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Finally, a character I have a grasp on. Yeah, <laughs> that's me.
1: He's about as deep as a puddle. So, what do we got? That's about it, right? Anybody can think of anything else?
2: Oh, X Factor had a uh, had some slight tie-ins, but not monumental. We,
1: which which no, yeah. which really hinged on Son of M more than the did. Right. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So, all in all, I think they're doing okay post Civil War.
2: It's, you know, yeah, the, I, re- the, I really do like. Marvel Inter- yeah, the highs Marvel are really
1: so uh, the highs are really high, and the lows are you know not so bad. But what are you going to do if if it means getting books like we said, like um, Mighty Avengers and the Initiative, and and books like that? Shit, it was all worth it because An Iron Man. And, and, and Iron Man, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh Jefferson!
6: <laughs> I am really uh, interested in to see how the uh, the the champions will play out. I am really looking forward to that. Or whatever
1: it'll be called. I didn't order that, and it's it, issue which is really odd because I I threw Legion, which is wrapping up the uh, Dominator War. Oh, read that book. Read Legion of Superheroes if you don't. Trust me. I I'm not. I shouldn't be pushing a a DC book, but oh man, is it great! Uh, I became a fan of Kitson's through Legion, and I just, I don't know, I, I saw the preview pages for whatever the book is going to be called, Champions Light, or whatever, and it, it just, I don't know, it wasn't, it, it didn't do anything for me. Who's inking that? Hmm. Do we know? Oh, we don't know.
2: Oh because Scott from we do Yeah, we don't know. Just adjust it in Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if it's his partner from Legion of Superheroes, it might be Mick Gray.
1: Yeah, like I said, I'll probably pick it up in trade, as as I, as everything else, except for Amazing and Fantastic Four and and the Brew Baker and Fraction books. Those There's I
3: well, board. you'll have to
5: get the, the Fraction book because it's Champions.
1: Right, but I'm that's the exception. Always an exception. <sighs> yeah, there is. God damn it! <laughs> See, how do you know it's even going to get the trade then? Because it's Marvel.
5: Because I'm buying it in trade too. I'll admit that.
1: And we will both be tweaking our nipples together <laughs> as we read it. <laughs> we will we'll hold to
2: spoil hands. anything for you guys.
1: <laughs> you, we'll, you, hold our, we'll
5: hold internet <laughs> hands and read it together.
1: Why am I hearing Paul McCartney in my head? <laughs> oh, so, what do you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, just because Vince is Italian.
1: <laughs> C- Sicilian, so I am kind of dark. That's, that's right.
2: <laughs> well, what was that? Uh,
6: true romance, right?
1: True romance. Yep.
6: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to quote the line.
3: But.
1: <laughs> While I have you here, has anybody read anything other than a Marvel book that they really enjoyed recently? Yes. And what would that be?
6: Well, actually, for the past three weeks, my stack has been almost other other books. The first Gutsville issue was really good.
1: I, yeah, it really was. Tom nailed it in the last uh, around comics. What what did what, what did you like about it?
6: What did I like about it? Um, well, I love Irving's art. And I like the, um, it's just, you know, it's creepy and weird. I mean, it's about a civilization that's been living in the guts of some beast for a a century and a half. I mean, it's just, it's, so it's, it's one part, you know, the scarlet letter, you know, because they're all, like, (laughs) from Salem or somewhere. And, um, and then it's just, it's one part horror and, and just creepy and kind of, you can almost smell it, you know? Mm
3: Mm-hmm. You're right.
1: <laughs> no, I, I completely understand that, yeah.
6: You, you, you're so engulfed in it, you know. I mean, even the way that people talk and everything, you have to, uh, it's almost hard to read. You 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 have to pretty. You almost have to speak it out phonetically so that you can tell what people are saying because the accents are so thick. Because it's almost like they've sprung, you know, they've been separated for so long that the, the accent has been so uh, malformed, right, not being in contact with anybody else. And then that last page, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but it was like, oh, that's awesome.
1: I think the cover is one of Fraser's strongest images yet. Yeah, that's a great cover. I really like the, the cover.
6: Yeah, uh, a guy getting sucked down or whatever. Yeah. Whatever, whatever they do to, to the bad people. That and um, another one that I don't think many people are reading uh,
2: called The Killer. David oh, is. Oh, I love that. Yes.
6: Isn't that awesome?
2: That is. That is. I have... Um, the last issue I read was um, he went back to, uh, to the guy that gives him all his jobs to talk to him. it was that's after it, he went on vacation. That's
6: issue four the, with the skiing. Oh, is it? Okay. Is it skiing on the cover? Right? No.
2: <laughs> no, I don't think they're skiing. He went to visit... The, <laughs> the cop followed him to his vacation spot. He ended up feeding the cop to the alligator. Yeah. That was the last issue I read.
6: Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah. That was the issue three. Issue four came okay. out a couple of weeks ago. All
2: right. Then that'll be in my next shipment. Okay. No, that cool. is... I love the art and, and it's a neat little story and it's... You can definitely—I mean, it's—it's it's definitely got that European feel to it. But I'm with Dave on that one. That's a great story.
6: It's great. It's moody and it's noir and it's dark and it's just done really well. The art's beautiful. Yep. Like uh, uh, the the colorings beautiful. Really brings in the mood and the lighting. It's kind of subtle shades of things. Yeah, that's an awesome. Uh, that's an awesome book. That's from what Archaea? Archaea? Archa- ASP.
2: Yeah, Archaia. Studio Press.
6: Studio Press, right. So they put that a couple or of Asp,
2: things. if you're Chris Niesman.
6: <laughs> asp Studios, what? <laughs> so that, and of course, well, Criminal is, is Marvel, right? But uh, outstanding.
1: Doesn't hurt to push it.
6: Yeah, I love that book. That They just started the new story arc about, uh, what's his name, Tracy Lawless. Mm-hmm. So it's a completely, you know.
1: Didn't he sing for Wasp? <laughs>
2: That was Blackie. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: I Christ. I know. Go ahead. I
2: know you know. <laughs> <laughs> I fuck like an animal,
1: like a beast. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> always drops below the belt on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, Dave?
6: Those are probably some of my top ones. The spirit is always great.
1: I'm ordering me some hardcover on that. Yeah, that That'd is.
6: Be, a oh, idea. that'll yeah, that'll be nice. If it's over, are they doing oversized?
1: Uh, don't know. It's DC,
6: so maybe, maybe not.
1: I'll just be happy to have them all in one book that I can just hold it and, and love it and, and but just. But
6: it's a you know well, but it's a spirit. So it's just you know each issue is its own story.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep,
6: I'm done in one, which is great. And um, and Rick's libris remains one of my favorites, even though we get about four issues a year.
2: I bought the trade on that, so I'm waiting for that to come in. Oh
6: yeah. Yeah, I'm it's really looking forward funny. to. It. That's a you slave labor graphic book, and it's just freaking amazing.
1: Slave labor oh, keeps on chugging along, don't they? Yeah. yeah, they've been around a lot of years, and they well, just refuse to go away. the radio. I love Scott Savidra love yeah. his stuff.
5: What was the Penguin book that they did in the eighties?
1: Samurai Penguin. Yes. Yep. Yeah. That... I remember
5: buying those issues.
1: I have them. So, while Jefferson has spoken up, let's continue to hear from him.
5: Uh, let's see. One of the best things I've read lately is I got the second volume of uh, Rocketto. For Image, oh, awesome. The Hidden Sea. Uh, I love that book. <laughs> Espinosa, how do you say his last name? Espinosa. Es- Frank Espinosa, Espinosa yeah. yeah. Just just gorgeous artwork with a limited color palette and yeah. just how his lines are just move, move, move. There's just a flow to the book. Um, and I love the story, too. I can't wait for it. And, and he's got a new series. He's, he's drawing a new series uh, for Image, Coming up, that I just saw in the solicitations for August. Really, so I'm excited about that too. Yeah, he's he's not writing it, and it's uh, it's a female spy sort of in the, that sort of genre. Hmm. So, and I've seen a sample page from it. Looks nice.
6: I was hoping for <laughs> a roqueto.
5: I think he's got plans. I think he's yeah, got plans I heard he
6: for has the, like five or six different stories.
5: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I th- I I can't think. I think he's got three full volumes that he wants to do. Okay. of that story of, of of dealing with that character but yeah that I'd just recommend that to anyone I mean it's just a great book it's kind of like Jules Verne meets Flash Gordon and then uh, Checkmate I just read the first uh, trade of Greg Ruckus Checkmate I like that a lot too not too familiar with all those DC characters but I like the tone of the book
1: did we ever find out what happened to Alan Scott's eye <laughs>
2: You gonna join Sal on the
1: search?
6: The search for Alan Kazai with the new one of the new promotions they're doing. <laughs> that's coming.
5: That's coming after Countdown. <laughs> what was that?
6: I don't know why this is reminding me of it, but what was that show that was on in like the eighties and it was sort of a Indiana Jones ripoff and he had a dog that had like a glass eye?
5: Is that the Golden Monkey? Is the that Quest what for the was? Golden Monkey? Was that what it was? It's called something like that. Tales of the Golden Monkey. I think that's what the. Quick, someone on. hit EDC.
6: IMDB. <laughs> I don't know why that reminded me of it. It just uh, I seem to remember it being a pretty terrible show. So <laughs> <laughs> well there you go.
1: I got a couple. DC's limited series of the Omega Men was fantastic. Yeah? Yes. It was drawn by Henry Flint or Flint as Henry. we know him, Flint Henry. And it was written by Anderson Gabrich. Is that how you pronounce it? Gabrich? Gabrich?
2: First, I've heard of him.
1: It, it. It was really good. It's a religious story too, because the Dark Stars are now religious acolytes, and they're roaming the galaxy trying to bring the uh, preach the word of this this uh, Lady Sticks character, and the they're looking for pieces of the Star Heart, which is really cool. And I'm not going to reveal it, but we get to see some previously deceased members of the Omega Men come back.
2: No kidding.
1: Yeah, and one sticks around. So it's really cool. The art's just amazing. That's cool. Just kinetic. and Dominic Regan did the colors. And it's just like, it's a kaleidoscope. Every issue just looks like an explosion of color. And it's really well done. It's like you're tripping.
3: <laughs>
1: it's cool. And then Conan. I got caught up on Conan. Tim, what do you
6: mean by tripping? I don't understand what that means. Like you're walking I mean and, like you know, you, you fall.
1: You on a crack? Yeah, and- yeah. <laughs> but I, I got caught up on conan and tim truman has found his voice oh, he, cool. uh, he started off a little bit slow but i'll tell you the the, the recent issues up to like 40 are just fantastic there, there's a, a a bracketing story about this prince and his advisor and the prince is really into reading about the legends of conan and they kind of these stories about conan kind of direct him in decision making for his people and his lands and everything and the uh advisor is uh trying to undermine what's going on and he's pushing him in opposite directions and then you get the conan stories that he's reading so there's these really neat Framing sequences in the book and and just it's really well written, really interesting and kind of controversial in spots with uh Janissa and her whole whole origin and great stuff, and the art's just gorgeous now Richard Inove's on the colors Dave Stewart is mm. gone Richard Inovave is in it's just
2: oh oh wow, yeah,
1: great stuff that's all I can Bad remember. Rant. I can well, say about Godland. well, I always say Godland's great. If you're not, if 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 you're not reading Godland, you really should. It's it's fantastic.
5: Can't wait for that hardcover.
1: Ah, I will read that again, probably many times.
5: <laughs> Me too. Yep.
1: Yeah. So there you have it. It's uh, good to be back and good to be with our buddies once again, and David. So, uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> zing! Raise your hands if you didn't see that. Coming.
1: Wasn't that smooth? That was smooth.
2: Ooh. You're <laughs> professional. You're not, you're not predictable at all.
1: I know. I got I got my lady's underwear on. So join. I don't know what that meant. <laughs> That's <laughs> a great way to add.
5: Sure yeah. you did. That image with <laughs>
1: with with poop in them. So oh. join us next time, won't you? Yes, won't you? <laughs>
2: Please
1: Take us out Take us out Somebody say something funny
2: Yeah you're with the right group
1: <laughs> Hey these guys are funny
2: Oh you've seen them naked Alright fine go ahead oh.
1: Jefferson do the bye
2: Bye
5: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you Dave for being here with us
5: Thank you for having me It's
1: always always a pleasure I always love listening to Dave
5: Yes Yo Charles Nelson Riley rest in peace Honest to God Lidsville was dope.
1: <laughs> oh, no. Lidsville.
5: <laughs> Fill in the blank. You've got to remember Lidsville.
1: I do remember Lidsville. <laughs> okay. I do. Sid and Marty Croft is like crack.
5: Far Out Space Nuts.
1: I know. <laughs> Puffin Stuff used to creep me the hell out.
2: HR, stuff.
1: That witchy poo was just weird. Just, Come
2: ugh. on, Billy. By the Bye!
1: The bug yeah, the bugaloos. Oh, the, 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 the the girl one was hot, wasn't she? She had that like Buster Brown haircut.
3: hmm
1: Yeah. I remember that.
2: So what turned you on more? The fact that she was a girl with the Buster Brown haircut.
1: I think the bug with the big <laughs> bulb on its ass. <laughs> 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 Jesus okay. They used to take turns trying to light them up. <sighs> <laughs> <God>. <laughs> ah, never mind. Bye. Thank you, gentlemen.
5: Check out my uh, MySpace page.
1: <laughs>
2: That's yeah. Crazy, stupid. He's forty he's <laughs> years old. The chicken, I'm forty for years
5: old. It's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> be my friend. Please. Be my, be my friend. Twenty-one year old female.
2: <laughs> Please be female.
3: Ah. <sighs>
5: <laughs> Dave, this is going from standstill, crickets.
2: Standstill, yeah, crickets. A, that's okay. Dave's like Dave, Dave's like, why the fuck did I answer the phone?
1: Christ, oh. that. <laughs> so if anybody, uh, <laughs> fuck it. Let's just <laughs> let's just say bye.
5: Bye 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 bye
1: bye bye
3: bye 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 <laughs> Nice,
1: folks. See ya. I'm going to read a listener email because last episode, you know, when we have, whenever we try something different, it seems like that's the only time we can get, actually get people to respond to the show. Very few people send emails that say, hey, you know, nice job. but love the sound effects and the, the audio bits. No, we
2: don't get that. We get. Well, we, we usually you, get them on the forum. We well, know, well, yeah, we know the people that like that.
1: Right. That but uh, whenever we, we, we try and, you know, slip something by people, they react and they react very strongly. And uh, we got a lot of email because of last episode when I admittedly pushed the sound effects and the fart sounds and puking people and, you know, I I pushed it. I tried something different and uh, a lot of people reacted negatively to it. But I'm going to read a positive one. What the hell? I'll let David read the negative ones. The first one is from Kevin C. Johnson who goes by the name of Saint Sin, S-Y-N. He says, Vince, I've emailed David over the MySpace page a bunch of times and I am now on the forum. That's a good thing. I've really been enjoying your work over the past few months, and I'm doing my damnedest to catch up on old podcasts. Love the show, love the work you and David and company have done. Looking forward to future podcasts. And uh, until we type again, keep up the great work. And that's awesome letter from uh, Kevin C. Johnson. See? You're here. Yes. Hey, Kevin. But we have another email from a uh, hulking marvel man who did like last episode. David, why don't you check in with that well, he likes
2: He likes them all, basically. Uh, his email is, I've been listening to comics and other podcasts for about two years now. The comic podcasts I've subscribed to in the past are Word Balloon, iFanboy, Comic Book Noise, Comicology, Uncanny X-Cast, among others.
0: What the fuck? The rest- <laughs> what the fuck?
2: <laughs> but no, he's got the, the Word Balloon connection right there, baby. See, no. you got to read between the lines. What the fuck? <laughs> Centrist. Maybe you're among others.
0: I'm happy there's <laughs> someone with the
2: comic book noise shout out, though, so that's all right. Okay, all right. You want me to just add around comics in there? You want no, me to his email?
5: What the fuck?
3: Why?
2: <laughs> give me, the, give me send, send me that email.
4: <laughs> Girl marketing. marketing. Uh,
2: I discovered no, you a week ago by browsing iTunes. Oh, I love this part. You are my new number one comic podcast replacing iFanboy.
1: Oh, this guy's awesome.
2: He is. He's my new favorite listener. I stopped doing Acid and Smoking Pot in 1989, but I am closer to your age group and obviously your interest than the other comics podcasts I've listened to. Why stop? Go ahead. I also (laughs) am a huge Godland and Fear Agent fan as well as anything by Kirkman. I love the acid-trip feel of your show. I'm almost 37 and relate to your perspective on the books and love the crazy sounds, effects, and music you use. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I love it. Look at that. See that?
1: Some, there is some intelligent people out there.
2: Signed, Steve Gerber.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Stanley. <laughs> Steve Gerber, there you go. Uh, unfortunately, though, not everyone felt the same way. No, no. So this is, for
2: every for every one hulking Marvel man, there's like three anti-hulking yes. hulking Marvel man.
1: And here's one of them now from Mister Carlos. Carlos says, "I used to be a big fan of your show, but I find myself losing interest. Why, may you ask? Well, the intros have gotten way out of hand. The laugh track added to the last show is lame and cheesy." And playing audio clips over people t- talking is very distracting. While I used to find your show fun, now it is just annoying. I could not make it through the first 15 minutes. And why the hell does it take you guys so long to put shows out? If it's because of all the terrible audio clips, I'm here to tell you they are not worth it. Vince and David are the reason people listen not to hear some retard moaning while David is trying to talk about comics. It's trying. Is the operative word in there? I'd oh,
2: like a retard <laughs> in the <same> <laughs> There you go. Uh, and and by uh, th- oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and and by the way, you guys have an intro. It's a Stan and Jack song. If you have to do extra in- intros, then fine. But please take out the laugh track and excessive clips later. Well, I will grant your wish, young man. I'm going to stop doing the underlying sound effects and the you know the nature sounds. I won't do that anymore because it does distract a lot of people and it really adds to my editing time. And so, I mean, if I don't have to do it, it's money in the bank. So, yeah, that's that'll stop the fart sound effects. Will stop. It's kind of you know I only put them in to make Marty laugh. (laughs) So they they've done their
2: same (laughs) thing by just. Them? yeah
1: they they've they've done their job so you know it was a one-time deal but i will never stop doing the intros and there's got to be some breaks in our conversation because it's just going to get boring listening to us for two three hours you need you need that little uh diversity and if i could teach you guys something or lead you on a path to do some investigating yourself then i'm going to do it so the breaks
2: it's like warren and planetary
1: right it's the back matter in the middle
4: hey, hey uh hey vince hey yeah you're, um, speaking of intros, where's my intro song at? You've been telling me for months you're going to be setting us up with an intro song. Yeah, I
1: got to get on that.
4: I mean, I, I listened to this last this last episode of Bullpen Bulletins, and there's like there's like an hour and a half of what special <laughs> effects and remixes. I'm like, some bitch couldn't have sat down for 20 minutes and worked on a, on an around comics intro. Well, now That's that I, I have
1: I now that I have <laughs> the fart sounds and the puke sounds, I mean, I'm ready. You know. To, <laughs> Nah, yeah, I'll get that out to you soon. I'll talk I, to. No, I'm I'm just giving you shit. No, nah. you know,
4: I on the sound effect thing, it's you know, first of all, you know, it's I mean, listeners. I'm glad that they're giving you feedback on what they like and what they don't like. You know, it's better to do that than to silently just go away mm-hmm. if you if you don't sure. like something. But uh, I mean, you have fun doing that stuff. Oh yeah, you know, podcast podcasts at their core are are a growing evolving thing it's like our show is very different now than what it was like a year ago or even six months ago or three months ago and bullpen bulletins is the same way you guys are doing different stuff every episode and so that will kind of i think go down in history as the the crazy sound effect episode we're going to be known
1: as the night flight of comic podcasting yeah <laughs> i mean
4: well no that's cool i mean yeah, you that's what do, i want yeah, every time I listen to a new bullpen bulletins, I want to hear different stuff. you know. But at the core of it, and what I think you guys and your mission is, at, at its center, it just needs to be around good comic book talk, which you guys always bring.
2: Look at that. Oh, thank you.
1: I mean, if they listen to me talk for 10 minutes about Ms. Marvel's ass, and then they have to listen to Allen Ginsberg for like two minutes that's a bonus i mean they're you know the, the the more inquisitive and and you know sponge-like listener is going to absorb that and say hey that was interesting or that sucked maybe you know maybe i want to learn more about that maybe i don't that's what i want there's more out there than just comic books and ms marvel's ass as much as well, i hate depends. to admit it i
4: mean <laughs> if we can get alan ginsworth talking about ms
1: marvel's ass then we're all winners well he he swung the other way <laughs> so, you know, it's yeah, still may- luck. <laughs> maybe Hank Pym's ass, but yeah, that's a different story. Jeez.
2: All right. We have another one. David. We have one from someone called Lurkin K, who says, I didn't really feel like joining the forum to say this, so I figured I'd just drop you a line and answer some of those questions you had. The file size is almost immaterial to me, but the increase in fidelity was noticeable. <laughs> I could hear everything quite clearly, which wasn't always a good thing. I listen to a podcast for content, whether it's comics or tech or comedy. I don't want to have to sit through an epic, in a Gata DeVita-like intro. <laughs> it's undeniably, qu- which is a compliment, I think. Yeah. It's undeniably quite impressive. And yeah, I have a wheel that can skip right through it, but I'd rather not. Between the enormous intro, the obscure B-movie trailers, which are interesting in their own context, and the source wall outro, I'm curious if the rest of the episode's content might have been fit into a single podcast. Yeah. It would have been nice to know we were only getting half of the conversation on post-Civil War Marvel ahead of time. The new audio beds played under the discussion is almost annoying. Not quite at the unlistenable stage yet, but getting there. It was distracting and seemed random for randomness's sake. I really enjoyed the interviews in this episode simply because it was quieter. And it was. And, and that was, that was. I mean, if you want to call it a bumper, I think, you know, Miguel talking to Simone Bianchi was, was a nice breather. was a nice break between the craziness.
1: Yeah. And there's but, nothing wrong with randomness. Chaos is good. Em- embrace chaos.
2: <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> the broadening of the show's horizons is a good idea you can probably still consider it a mighty Marvel podcast as long as it's at least half Marvel topics. I'd love to hear your opinions on books from other companies, but if we're going to continue indulging our inner John Cage, I doubt (laughs) I'll make it much further along. Wow, reading that over, it does seem predominantly negative. You do seem to be enjoying yourself, so that's something.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Awaiting episode 29 or episode 28, part 2. Thanks for taking the time to read this, and thanks for putting on the podcast.
1: You're welcome, and thank you for your input. Because we yes. value everybody's input there's absolutely there's no such thing as a, a unconstructive criticism as far as I'm concerned. I take everything to heart I put everything in the in in the sorter and weigh all the options and whatever we pull out is with the listener in mind that's why I'm getting rid of some stuff
2: oh, we know based on the numbers that more people are hearing us ramble on than what were led to believe just on emails and from forum participation. I mean, we yeah. know there are much more, many more people out there. Yep. And it, this wasn't a test to, you know, see if anybody was awake. You know, we, oh. I'm glad that these people are writing in, you know, good or bad. It's nice to know you know, basically if we, well you even said it on the forum, you know, you know there are limits and there are boundaries and yeah. you like to push them and I now love you know just how it. far you can go.
1: Yeah. And I think the 16 minute outro was pushing it. But I knew that when i published the episode i said this is going to take people off and that's why that's not why i did it but that's one of the reasons why i did it just to it, and it was just to torque people if everybody's so if, complacent and sits there and like yeah that was good you know what, what do you get out of that that's that's boring right. i want to tweak people last email comes from kevin jay again again yes he says vince okay i haven't been on the forum for long about a day or so this is continuity right here but there you go but i have emailed back to
2: kevin that's
1: right but i have emailed david through my, the myspace page a couple of times i'm not the most computer savvy guy in the world and i keep hitting snags trying to send messages what the fuck is a pop three <laughs> 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 i say i say all of that to say this now my question of the current artists out there should there be an ultimate man thing? <laughs> of course. Oh
3: Jesus! No. This could be an episode of, right here. Of
2: course,
1: yes, there should no. be. Yes. I didn't no. know if any junior. You're
3: gonna be
1: Who would be the no. top? No. Please, guest. No. know your, know your place. <laughs> oh. Who would be the top five artists you would think would be great for the title? That's an excellent question. I hope all is well. I've been loving the podcast now for a while, and I'm working like hell to get caught up. Yeah, we read that last time. And take care, and I'm gonna talk to you later, Kevin J. Okay, who would be great on an ultimate man thing? Most anymore. Most, yeah, <laughs> but most of the great ones are dead. Tom Sutton, dead. Um, I think Gene colin would do a fantastic job. How about yeah. that, Gene colin Uh, Flint Henry, or Henry Flint. You can pry Steve Bissett's lazy ass off his chair and get him to do it. <laughs>
2: Well, when Mike people Hawthorne people
1: just scream. Then it's... Did you say Mike Hoffman? No, Hawthorne. Hawthorne. Oh, Mike Hawthorne. Okay. Mm-hmm. he would do good.
4: Um, Ted mm-hmm. McKeever.
1: Mm-hmm. Let, let's see, who else do we have?
4: You Is need it... someone that draws crud really good. Yeah,
1: crud. Oh, Greg Land. <laughs> <laughs> no. Do you
2: have pictures of <laughs> photos of crud? <sighs>
1: Tony Moore would be great. Tony Moore, Tony would, Moore be would be awesome. excellent. Would be yeah, I don't think there's any book that Tony Moore wouldn't be good on. Um, mm, I
4: no, it, Tony needs something um it, something with a little grime to it, you know. And 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 that that's, you know, I actually kind of quoted him there a minute ago tony describes himself as drawing crud real good you know he he needs some dirt in there i uh, always thought tony would draw uh, a bitchin uh, ghost rider
1: yeah um your buddy after his little frankenstein story that was in the marvel monsters series oh, scotty scotty young would kick ass on a man thing title
4: you know i tell you Scotty's. Is- he's his style right now is this really weird awesome mix between pascal ferry and (laughs) umberto ramos yeah
2: can't go Uh, wrong do you
4: kind of see that i see it it's i mean it's it's you know he's got like ramos's really exaggerated features and you know his kind of the the disproportion which works but then he's got that you know that Pascal Ferry, almost sensibility and, and, you know, the coloring and mm-hmm. just the, you know, just the, the subtleties of, you know, oh, it's uh, Scotty's stuff right now is just rocking my world. Scotty's, I really like it. Scotty
1: draws like a bastard. He really he's, does. He, um,
4: and he's quick. And it's it's yes. disgusting how fast he draws.
1: One more. This, uh, Fraser Irving.
4: Oh, yeah. I, I what what see, did yeah. I th- um, Oh, yeah. Uh, Gutsville. Gutsville. And dude, oh
2: God, was that good!
1: Amazing yeah, book.
2: Yeah. It was. The colors were outstanding too. The how was DC um, exclusive Mike Norton? How was how, how was his man thing in those Marvel Adventures Spider Man tales?
1: Very good. A little on the clean side. Yeah, I sure. think Mike's too
4: clean for that. You know? No. Oh, he's definitely what, too what clean. Do you, I just, what do you think? What do you what think about
3: Shaken? No, no, not no, not Shaken. No, not no,
2: today
3: no. 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 Too, All right, a L- little too rigid, I think.
1: Mike Mignola okay. would well, yeah. would do an amazing man thing. There's there's a lot of artists, but, I mean, the first couple that I, off the top of my head, those were the ones I would like to see. Too bad Tom Sutton's dead. Tom Sutton was one of the <laughs> just most... Just for that reason. Yeah, just was, so he can't do well,
4: ultimate fucking man there, there's,
1: a, there's a sad life there, but anyway. Um, he had the knack for doing horror like very few people.
2: And see, and this is, this is the age difference right here. I remember Tom Sutton from when he was doing Star Trek for DC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, Bernie Wrightson's
4: still alive. Oh, that's right; he already did Man Thing. Oh
2: snap! Cachao. Oh, oh, sorry. Wrong one. <laughs> well, we could get Man. Rob Liefeld because you never see Man Thing's feet, right? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin O'Neill. See that to me? That's a little bit too mechanical. I think it 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 would probably work. He'd probably blow me out of the water with it, but I just i I see a lot of. Straighter, jagged edges with 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 him, like just.
1: While we're on the subject of Kevin O'Neill, where ooh, the ooh, hell ooh, ooh. is the Black Dossier? <laughs> oh, it, it'll be out this year. It'll be out this year,
4: because um, well, I, I don't know the ins and outs, so it'll be out this year because you're going to start seeing the other stuff come out of Top Shelf soon.
1: Okay, I believe you. What about Jock? Yes, uh-huh. Jock is would be great. He's got that that sand in your teeth style that.
2: Yeah, yeah. What I about, love uh, love his work. What about Tim Sale?
1: Yeah,
3: mm,
1: I bet he see, could. I'm, do just, it. I'm
2: just gonna say anything just because it keeps getting shot down. He's
1: pretty adaptable because if you said to me Tim Sale Batman before I ever saw him draw the <coughs> character, I'd be like, no. But yeah, Tim Sale, he's 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 pretty uh, diverse illustrator. He could probably do it, probably pull it off. Yeah, yeah. Now there's some that I would never want to see touch a man thing. John Romita Jr. No way. I mean, Steve Dillon. Yeah. Steve Dillon, Jim Chung. Alex Ross. You know, yeah. Jim Chung. I bet Jim Chung could do it, but Jim Chung is kicking ass and taking names on Illuminati and doing some fantastic covers for the What do you initiative. think?
4: Uh, like, uh, why not you with the, you know, kind of like scratchy style he's yeah. doing on New
1: Avengers? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he could do it. I could do it. I would love to do it. So if anybody from Marvel's listening, I will draw Man Thing for free. You would draw Iron Man thing because you have. <laughs> no, I, I I would love a crack at man thing.
2: <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Bringing it back to those prison yeah. days. See, I did the
1: segue, and you guys, you know, you squashed. No, I,
2: I didn't. I didn't. Chris I was ready did. to go with it, and Chris you was know, like, hey, how?" Sal me.
1: told me about you, how you like to interrupt. Me? Yeah. <laughs> I fucked you up, didn't I? I'm no,
2: sorry. That's. <laughs> it's like God damn you bourbon. Just like
1: Jim Chung could probably do a great man thing. Yeah, if he it's wanted like to. Vu. And because he's doing great work on Illuminati and the covers for the initiative, which the first cover for the initiative, number one, the wraparound, I think that's a classic image. That is going to be regarded that, as nice. one of one of the great covers from the Zero Zeros.
2: <laughs> the double odds. The double odds. The uh we do know he's doing fantastic work on the interiors of that great series Illuminati with Number three being particularly fun, but he's also doing some great covers. You're just saying initiative. that
4: because because centrist almost made Tom cry on our no, last. I was I was in
2: that. Tom's corner. I understand exactly where Tom's coming from, <laughs> but for for those of us that actually liked what we read, I did. It's all right, and I right. I,
1: I I'm in the uh, Pat Loika camp because yeah. Professor X may just be stating what he
2: believes to be true he may be That's wrong it. he may be wrong professor x this has been wrong before what what happened in this issue isn't gospel this no. isn't you know this oh you know bendison reed wrote this and it was drawn this way and this must be the way it has to be this is all a big conspiracy series this is you know the, these are things that were happening in the background that no one knew about no one kitty even said it professor Xavier's a jerk we're not we're not disputing that and and there's no way that everything that happened in this issue we can take as this isn't canon you might have gotten some things right but uh, i just uh,
4: wanted to forget about secret wars too (laughs) you know
2: but it's like man to, to have black
1: bolt who is by from what we've been led to believe a pretty good monarch a pretty good ruler to have him not recognize one of his subjects an incredibly powerful subject like that i mean come on if Black mm. if Black Bolt doesn't remember him, either Black Bolt's mind was tampered with somehow or yeah. Professor X is just freaking wrong. Yeah. So I know I thought it was great. And Jim Chung made Black Bolt speak without even opening his mouth. The expression on his face, oh, this guy is so talented. I would kill for a fraction of his talent.
2: Yeah.
1: It's a good looking book. Yeah, you're oh, not indeed.
2: kidding There were there were three two page spreads in that book. One of them had a shitload. Of Marvel characters. Yes. The other two were, were great also. I mean, you had that Manhattan on an asteroid, and then you had the, the buildings with, with, with the ship the Illuminati were flying in. I mean, it, was, it, is, it is a beautiful look.
1: The one people. thing that impresses me most about Jim Chung is the guy seems to have sprung from the artistic womb like full-blown. As he, He's so confident, and every panel he's done is perfect from from day one i mean his work on scion was great for CrossGen, and he seems to have been just a great artist from day one and he just keeps getting better and i i I really think that you know when they look back the best of the best of comic book artists jim chung is going to be in there the oh my god the guy is fantastic this is my standard of judging. When when you're looking through a book and you say, Wow, you know, that panel's a little wonky or you have to look at something twice because you don't really get what's going on, or, you know, maybe a nose is out of place or something just looks wrong. I never, ever have seen a Jim Pan- Jim Chung panel that looks off. The guy is always on the mark. He's in the uh, zone I, all yeah. the time.
2: I That's see uh, traction, I see so. some Zek there. I see some Ramita. I see some Golden. I see I, I do see a lot of of other people, other artists that we would consider greats. And yeah. he's he, he's learned. He's obviously learned from some of the best, I think. I mean, whether he was influenced or it's, it's just something that he picked up. I mean, I don't know his background. I didn't read any of the cross-gen titles, so I wasn't familiar with his work before Marvel. It's almost a and, good
1: thing because you can get them for, like, nothing
2: now. Yeah, I think I know what I'll be looking for at conventions. Yeah. But I was really first... I mean, I heard of him, but I kind of first knew what he could do when I read the first Young Avengers trade
1: Mm -hmm. spectacular art Yeah. and his women are (laughs) smoking it always comes back to that (laughs) (sighs) but while we're on the subject of Jim Chung who does the covers for the initiative I'd have to say that as far as post Civil War titles the initiative is the best of the best so far
4: Mm, yeah and surprisingly so I agree yeah, it's. Um, I think it's kind of been the, the surprise, what the the pleasant surprise from Marvel, um, and that's kind of been weird with them. Is that um, for me anyway? A lot of the books that I've been looking forward to, and I've gotten, I'll get done with them. It's like, yeah, okay, and then something else will come out, and Buddy will say, hey, check this out. Usually Vince, and uh, <laughs> I'll pick it up, and I'm just like, oh man, that was damn. That was a good book, yeah. yeah. And the initiative, I think, is uh is quickly, at least to the internet community, getting a lot of praise from from your
1: everyday readers. Yeah, let's give credit where credit is due. It's written by Dan Slott, mm-hmm. of She Hulk fame, drawn by Stefano Caselli, who did a really, really tight job on the Young Avengers Runaway Civil War series. Right. Mm. Danielle Rudoni does the color. Joe Caramanja does the letters. And it's edited by Tom Brevoort, helped by Molly Laser, and you know the rest. Casada, Dan Buckley, that's all you need to know. Mm. Uh, The thing that got me about this series was, I think, like everybody else, the first issue where it had, in my opinion, a Starship Troopers vibe, like the first Starship Troopers movie where you you have a a group of kids or, or greenhorns put into a situation and... The unexpected happens. one of them just takes it into the, uh, takes it to the head and just they, i mean that came out of nowhere where they developed this m v p character who has a pedigree unlike a lot of characters, yeah, and you know you see this character die in the first issue, so from now on, i don 't know what to expect from this book, and that gives i mean i'm uneasy going into it every issue because if they can kill a character, they spent twenty two pages developing. I mean, what's next? Y- you don't know. I- I'm looking around corners trying to find out what's coming, and I never know. It-, it was the same with the second issue. You guys feel the same way? Is this book... A- oh, like-
4: absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, I read it now, and it gives me kind of the same feeling of the early New Mutants. You know, it's just <laughs> mm-hmm. like yeah. you know the- this group of kids that you know they're gonna have to rely on each other but what i loved about the new mutants whenever it first came out is that you would always get the great cameo appearances from the x-men to where this (laughs) book kind of has them built in Mm -hmm. and but it's not a group of mutants it's not the new mutants again and yeah i, I kind of like that feel but what i like uh even more is that it's giving a nice even though it's you know the initiative it's giving a nice balanced feel of of what the post civil war marvel u is about right With and it, and it,
1: and you don't need to invest all that much time and energy getting up to speed if you didn't read civil war all you need to know is after the fallout the government is training superheroes and these are the recruits,
2: and where are they training them?
1: In Stanford, the mm-hmm. site of the uh, uh, bomb that uh, erupted. Off civil war. Yeah, that was a terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I was trying to say there, but the like, uh, n- n-
4: nitro's big blow up. Yeah,
1: and w- what I really like is how how they they do bre- dredge up the past by you know the the derisive term. For the the kids that don't quite perform, is what are you a new warrior? You know, do you want to be a new warrior? Or do you want to be part of the initiative? Or it, you know? it is
4: such it is such a an our government thing, and and it fits perfectly. You know, it made me sick. I was just like, oh my god, they're actually putting the training facility on the on the grounds of where you know
3: <laughs> this happened. People die,
4: and I'm just like, what a what a fucking bullshit PR move. And I'm just like, yeah. In real life, that's exactly what would happen.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. And while we're at it, MVP's great grandfather is Abraham Erskine. And what did he do, David?
2: Uh, He invented the super soldier serum.
1: Right. So you still have the ties to Captain America. You can't get
2: away from it. Well, what I what I enjoyed after reading the first issue, or once we got to that last page, I got a. uh, Where's Chris? And and I can definitely see Chris's new new mutants vibe from it because you don't know what can happen and anything can happen i almost got a strike force mortuary feel from it
1: yeah you're all oh man you are right you're exactly
2: right now that you mention and, it yeah and mvp would have been you know it was kind of fitting he was like he was the one that they were just hoping beyond hope would be the stellar breakout star and this is the reason why we're doing all this is because of car- because of heroes like what MVP could become, and it was neat that uh, he was perfect. It was uh, who who was the one who uh, recruited him?
4: Oh, it was um, um, was the former New Warrior. Um, shit, what's his name? Justice,
2: Justice, yep. yes,
4: who's also I was trying uh, to think Vance of the
3: hero Astro, right? figure. <laughs> 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 of course, you are.
1: <laughs> David's never gonna let me forget that Vance Astro moment.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but the the the,
1: uh, the the nice twist on mvp was that the super soldier serum either didn't work on him or was never applied to him i i, oh, right. I don't yeah i don't remember which they, But they, he not found any in him right he's basically human but he's
2: was god bless him. actually well we'll see okay we should really <laughs> this with some spoilers because we're probably going to go into detail with the first two issues so if anybody's trade waiting. Oh, that's a
1: given, though. From now on, in, on our show, spoil away. If you didn't well, read it, well, generally
2: because by the time we read it, everybody else already right,
1: has. Right, right. Well, that's what I'm thinking. But I mean, if you haven't read it, press the pause button, go read it, and then come back because I want to talk about this book. It's 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 worth it.
2: In the in the second issue, I'm trying to figure out who's trying to be a bigger prick: Pym, Guyrich, or just my overall dislike for Tony Stark. Even though we saw him in like two panels in the second issue. But that, think-
4: that that is a big prick waving dick fight, but no one in the Marvel U is a bigger
2: prick than Tony Stark. I agree. Right now, you're right. You're right. As far as who we see front and center every day, Gyrick has always been a dick going back from his oh. Avengers and his and his uncanny X Men appearances.
3: Right.
2: And Pym is like you know. I guess this finally puts it to rest that because for a while, if you were reading the Avengers when it was happening, you knew Hank beat Jan and then I think it was years later or in recent years they just tried to say that well he kind of like he pushed her down or something like there was really no physical abuse but yet if you go back to those issues from the 80s you do know that he beat her and and when trauma showed him his uh, his handiwork it's like you know
1: guilt crushing
2: guilt <laughs> yeah but yeah, I don't he'll, he'll always be a wife beater he me. will absolutely
1: <laughs> I don't Without think I don't think Pim is a, is a- prick per se i think pym is a company man
2: he, he is he, because in, if if you in the first few pages when he's yelling at justice and he says you know D- don't talk about mvp it's off limits and then he's yelling at the former nazi and and homeboy had a great line when he when, when he was praising henry pym's work i'd
1: yeah. love that page in that yeah. issue oh he's coming down on the uh baron von blitzschlag for his involvement with uh the Nazi the party Nazi. <laughs> yeah and 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 all the bad things he's done but uh his retort was well you know I'm not necessarily the father of Ultron but you know and I so, did create really <laughs> <clore>. yeah so <laughs> but, yeah I, I i still think that pim is easily misguided, but he's so loyal to the point where when he invests his time and energy in a cause, he, s- he stays the course. So, right. you know, him yelling at Justice was only because Justice wanted to know something. That yeah, was that was probably, classified.
4: It, it's probably only 20, 25% of the time that Hank does something that almost kills everyone.
1: Right. <laughs> you can't fault the guy for that. But, yeah, he has slipped up in the past, but that that's what makes... Pym cool. He's not perfect. He he's much more believable, yeah, <laughs> to, you know, a character than than you know Tony Stark. He Pym makes mistakes. He created Ultron. Oops. You know, I'm sorry. He beat his wife. I made a mistake. But he he he, he <laughs> has a uh, an air of that he wants to repent for these things, which is very admirable. You know, I'm not nobody's perfect. I, I, love the, I love the
4: I love the ultimate version of uh, of Hank Pym and uh, and Cap when Cap just beat the shit <laughs> yes. out of him.
1: <laughs> Even though he's made a few mistakes, he he tries to right his uh, his wrongs in this issue by commandeering the Hydra ship and riding it down. And I think this issue was plotted in a way where they could put that page up where he's riding the ship down, up on Newsarama, just to make you think... That Hank's going to yeah. buy the farm in this issue because it's very misleading if you just see that one page, yeah. and you know kaboom.
2: And he even says it. Yeah, you know, they'll they'll think of me as a hero now. And it, I yeah, if- but you you know it's
4: I don't know I read that differently than that. It's you know being a hero is you know you you try and Selfless. grow up and yeah it's selfless it's it's you do it for the greater good you don't do it for personal gain and hank is like well i'm gonna ride this rocket ship down and they're not gonna think of me whipping my wife's ass anymore we will yeah exactly (laughs) you know it's 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 like okay why exactly is he doing is he doing it for fame and glory or is he doing it to like help save the planet you know and i think with hank it's a little bit of both maybe
1: right but that's got to be in the back of your mind if you do something if you cross the line like he did and actually take whatever problems you have out on your significant other that's got to be an albatross i mean what a weight to carry around so it's only natural that he would s- seek to maybe erase it or lighten it a little bit by by helping out and and making people think
2: otherwise because he's basically he's a good guy Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but would he be doing these good deeds, would he sacrifice himself if he didn't have that albatross? I mean, was that, is he the type of person that would throw himself on a Hydra ship and ride it so that it would be away from, from causing harm? Or would he only do that because, yeah, I fucked up in the past. I well, beat my wife. I created Ultron. Let me try to make it right.
1: right he does clean up his messes, though, uh, particularly in Busick's Avengers run. With that Ultron uh,
2: arc. Oh, Ultron, we would have words with thee.
1: Yeah, Pym, he did clean up his mess. It took him a while, but, you know, he does make an effort. I don't know. I, I, I don't think he's all that bad. He's human. He's fallible. He's not Steve Rogers.
2: He's getting on with Tigra.
1: Well, yeah.
2: I think Everybody I think slips I, sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah, really. I think I'd get it on with Tigra, too, but you whatever. would Dude,
2: yeah. get it on with zombie Mary Jane.
1: Hell Yeah.
3: <laughs> is
1: crazy. The more holes, the better. What do you guys think about the cast of characters? I think this is a really neat cast, really diverse bunch of people in this book. I like Cloud Nine. It's refreshing. Oh, Cloud Nine. Yep. Yeah. Cloud Nine is the, the, you know, the impressionable young girl. She reminds who, me of Power Pack. And now, I mean, M- MVP sacrificed himself to protect her, so there's got to be something working on her there. She's got guilt from that.
4: Oh, yeah i mm-hmm. mean and and you saw what's going on with her now it's uh um she uh, killed somebody you know a, a hydra trooper mm-hmm. and i mean she's yeah i mean this kid is not going to last much longer she's going to go a
1: little crazy i hope not it's a refreshing little uh she's uh naive she's not a she's not a soldier no not yet she I could end know. up leaving the team you never know
2: i don't know what about what do you think about uh about trauma you think he's who he says he is or do you think who uh, who gyrick says he is i don't know i'm interested to see who his
1: teacher is because i've only oh, the read tutor? up to tutor? Yeah. yeah oh I've,
4: shit you oh i'm sorry you've only read up to two one and two yeah, yeah one and
1: two but i mean if you want to spill the beans that's what we said no spoilers who, what what's your what's your best guess it's a woman yep and oh, yeah. it's 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 a woman who was a mutant who doesn't have her powers anymore mhm um, who
4: had Powers that were based on fear.
1: Wow. Powers that were based on
2: fear.
4: Basically, yeah.
2: Oh, um oh crap.
4: Just like traumas.
2: Core X Men?
4: Uh core new no.
2: Oh 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 not Karma. Nope. Um and not Mirage. Who else is uh yep. Mirage? Yep. It's da- it, yeah, it's Danny Moonstar. Danny Moonstar? Wow. Yep. Sweet.
3: Does she have the yeah, flying it's... horse? No.
1: No, <laughs> nope. she no have flying the, uh,
2: horse. Does she have the, the the brown boots and the and the Indian belt?
4: Mm. Uh, no, but she does have Damn. she does have what the Indian braids going on. This All is, right, you know, nice. Yeah.
1: I call them no, but, I call them reins. <laughs> yeah, no, go ahead. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
4: no, but very very cool. Yeah, I actually read uh, issue three this morning, and um, very very good. Uh, and, enjoyed it. And, yeah, the stuff with trauma. I think he's going to end up being a core character in that book.
1: Cool. I like
4: him. It's uh, I like the reluctant hero kind of plays off better than you know it's like you've got cloud nine who you know, was all like yeah let's go get them guys and she's like oh my gosh i have to kill people and she's not dealing with that really well then you have trauma who could really you know he more or less doesn't want to be there and so i think he will become the reluctant hero because his you know it's like gyric said he's like he he's their you uh, know what did he call him not not their wet dream but uh he's a, a shapeshifter who's also a telepath. He's mm-hmm. right. like their holy grail. Yeah. You know? Um mm. and then uh was it uh who's the, the guy's Komodo Hardball. Hardball. Yeah, he's he's an idiot. Yeah, I think he's
1: the <laughs> yeah. least the least interesting of all of them. Komodo could really shape into a an interesting character.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So there's there's a and, a little bit of a grain of uh something there that I'd like to see explored she's got yeah, the attitude it, they're real
4: similar to the runaways if you look at them yeah they it's are like, it's the there's actually a lot of similarities but, between the characters
1: that just may be Stefano Caselli from the the miniseries do you think maybe the art is what's making you think that
4: no I'm thinking like the characters i mean the 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 it's like hardball and um and I'm it, it's late so I'm gonna have trouble with my names here um the kid who all, all of his powers are technology based you know and then like I can't remember it. I can't remember it either. Right now. <laughs> yeah, you know, the little girl and Cloud 9 and blah, blah, blah. Right, so, okay, yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah.
4: You know, Old Lace and Komodo. Yeah, I
2: mean, come on. <laughs> the, uh, we, um, we didn't just lose MVP in the first issue, though, because we had uh, Armory show up for a whole issue, and then her, uh, her powers, quote-unquote, were taken away from her. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that'll come back to bite him.
1: Yeah, I don't think we've seen the last of her. That's a really cool power, kind of like, um, kind of like Randall. Yeah, but really cool to see Rhodey get a regular book.
2: Oh, I'm always a fan of Rhodey. Rhodey like, was I mean, always I mean, one I mean, of my I don't favorite. I mean, like War Machine, but I do like Rhodey. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Gauntlet. And, and Gauntlet is, uh... you know, I mean, it's only been two issues. He's he's growing on me. He I, I read. He's and, starting and to he annoy the fuck star. out of me. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes.
4: It's like okay, yeah, we get it. You're a drill sergeant, yeah. You know, grow a pair. It's, I mean, come on, man. It's, I, that character is so over. It's like yeah, here's the, you know, the hard but caring drill sergeant. It's like oh, God. I
1: don't know Aww. about caring. Well, you know, when you have the the setup like this, grunts needing to be, yeah, you, you need a guiding force, and he's not going to go easy on them. So I mean, they're almost damned if they do and damned if they don't. They, they need a character like that in here.
4: I want to see him take a bullet in the next two issues really bad.
1: Wow. You're, yeah. you're brutal, man. He's annoying. He, he's, he's annoying. The guy can rip off the side of a Hydra ship, and you want to see him die? He's a powerhouse. <laughs> As
4: they said later in that issue, i mean, come on, it's Hydra. My grandma could be Hydra. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: th- I hope Bob wasn't on this ship. <laughs> Bob, Bob, the Hydra guy from—well, you guys probably don't read Cable Deadpool.
4: Oh no, no,
1: great book. I, d- I just look at it for Scotty's covers. Go Scotty! But anyway, uh, Garrick, I detest him, and that's how you're supposed to, I think, approach the character. Oh, he yeah. is—he's just a slug.
3: Mm-hmm. Always, always has been
1: Always has been, right But, uh, you know, the, the thing that takes me off a little bit in the second issue Was the depiction of George Bush That uh, You know, I, I love the part where Oh man, we gotta evacuate the president So he uh, comes out from a room where he was probably eating babies and, and raping Amputees, but uh, you know I'm not going anywhere. I, I made a promise to the American people, and I'm going to stay the course. And bullshit.
4: Wait, was was he in Texas? When yes, he said this? yes, it was yes, in Texas. Texas. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, where, where's he? He doesn't know anywhere else to go. What's he going to do? Go back to like the White House? I mean, he hardly knows how to go there.
1: But you no, know, I mean, it's not a very accurate depiction of our Commander in Chief. No. His ass would have been out of there so fast. But uh, speaking of accurate depictions of our commander in chief, you guys read Black Summer? Shit, yeah. Oh my mm. god. This has to be my favorite book of this month. Easily my favorite
2: book. Wow, and the month's like not even half over. Well, I'm talking it, and, and it's not even a full book.
1: No, yeah. and and it, that's what I was I was thinking if Warren Ellis can kick my ass in 8 pages like this, as far as I'm concerned, this is Warren Ellis in the zone. This is the way every Ellis book should be because while he is one of the best writers out there he's not perfect there's been a couple Ellis stinkers in the past Down being one of them did you guys read that Down was just trash
4: yeah I wasn't a huge fan
1: yeah it was just Ellis cashing the check but this this is dangerous storytelling this book is important I I, I think this is the way Ellis it's him and his
2: natural element
4: yeah he's coming to San Diego this year right I
2: don't know he uh, yes he is. gonna be, and I
4: would say if you want to meet Warren Ellis, you might want to go to San Diego this year because after the series starts to come out, they might not let him back in the country.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a roll call for those interested. It was written by Warren Ellis, drawn by Juan Jose Rip, who probably judging by the art doesn't sleep very much and uh, Mark Sweeney had the unenviable task of coloring RIP's art and it's published by Avatar 99 cent special zero issue and this thing blew me away on so many levels
2: RIP reminds me of, of a um, of what you'd get if you mixed um, Steve Scrooge and or Scroogey, mm-hmm. Um early Bart Sears from like Hero Alliance and Tim vigil oh you got you got to throw some got to throw some darrow in there. oh yeah it's, it's oh yeah 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 i'm sorry
1: very jeff darrow
2: yeah
4: yeah it's actually um uh, i don't know if people how familiar they are with his work but uh, he worked on another series from avatar with another fairly ho- high profile writer if you remember
1: yep 303 yeah garth mm, ennis not-
4: not did, he did that with Ennis. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm thinking of another one.
1: Alan Moore's um, what was no. it called? Alan Moore. No, that was
2: Alice. Also, Strange Killings and Stranger Killings. All
1: right. Well, there's a detective story that Rip drew for Alan Moore for Avatar. I don't know what the name of it is.
4: Really, this guy, this guy gets around with some pretty uh, pretty good company. Mm-hmm. He also did the RoboCop series with Frank Miller. Oh yeah,
1: that's right. Oh. that's right. That I did not know. So let's yeah. let's do the setup. It's a world very much like our own. There's a war going on in Iraq. 9-11 has come and gone. There's passages that um, hint about illegal torture. Uh, in other words, this is our world with superheroes. And there exists a band of heroes known as the Seven Guns Group, which have had a string of bad luck. A couple of their members were killed. One was maimed. Uh, they Sort of microchip type character. This Frank Blacksmith has uh, been killed, uh, so it's not all. You know, things are not good for the Black for the Seven Sons group. And this most popular member of the group, John Horace, who I think it's really cool in his costume. He's got these eyes floating all around him. Yeah. That, uh, from what I can tell, is that some kind of. He taps into. You know get various bits of data and it's like an early warning system or something I think it's like
4: it's kind of like um it's kind of like uh mr terrific almost kinda right in, in dc where he's i forget what uh terrific calls those those balls that kind of him around. yeah the t-spheres I, I think they're like information gatherers and yeah it's very cool
1: Mr. Horace takes his job, uh, literally, where he's supposed to uh, protect the citizens and uphold uh, justice and the Constitution, and takes it upon himself to slaughter the president, vice president, and a bunch of their advisors Yeah. under the uh, claims that the war in Iraq is wrong, illegal, we've been lied to. Uh, people dying for corporate gain, widespread use of torture i I especially like the part where he they go into the the uh, rigged elections. The last two elections were rigged so <laughs> yeah, th- this this book was written for me, but um, so he slaughters the president, and that 's pretty much where it ends where his buddy this tom noir the the man who lost his part of his leg in one of those unfortunate accidents, is greeted by a member of the seven guns who he previously thought dead yep and i'll tell you it's a dangerous comic book it really is if if warren ellis stated that the president's identity was george bush it would be a whole different ballgame but he didn't he never explicitly mentions the president by name which kind of lets him off the hook in a way but uh i, I think this book is just putting into print what most of us are thinking about our administration, and I think if we had a hero like John Horace in real life, man, things would be a hell of a lot easier. But yeah, uh,
4: probably my, my biggest my biggest disappointment is that we don't have um, we don't have an American born writer of the status that that Ellis has to write this story.
1: I don't think it's status. I think it's balls, cojones. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't think there's anyone. Any any American writer who would have the guts to do this?
4: Uh, Fr- Frank would do it. Uh, Frank Miller would do it. We, I, I, Frank,
1: because they're boys, they go back. Frank, <sighs> yeah, Frank's pretty much untouchable at this point.
4: Yeah, I think I, I think Frank kind of started to do that with with um, Dark Knight Returns, and and had some um, had some looks at our oh, there's, government. He's poking fun at
2: Reagan a whole hell of a lot. <laughs>
1: How could you not? But, yeah. but anyway. <laughs> Well, there there may be one or two American writers who would tackle this subject. I don't think there's a mainstream publisher that would do it. You'd never exactly. you'd never see this book out of Marvel or DC or even you know as ballsy as Image is. Yeah, I don't even think Image would touch this book. Has Image come
4: close to to anything that that ballsy? Yes, on?
1: Uh, Eric Larson had a two issue. Um, Ark and Savage Dragon that just slaughtered God? slaughtered Bush President oh, Bush. Oh right, okay, right. Yeah, just I mean his Eric Larson's political view, views were made very clear in Savage Dragon. Okay, but uh, as far as high profile, I mean, if if Eric Larson kneecaps George Bush in Savage Dragon, who the hell's going to know about it? Other than you know me and and the the other twelve thousand people reading Savage Dragon. But this this could be a very high profile book for Avatar
4: you know i i don't know, yeah, for avatar and i i don't know um what kind of sales this thing's gonna gonna drum up it depends on on how much buzz gets built up about it and um you know I mean, Ellis' stuff at avatar has been it's been okay, you know, black ass is you know your basic uh, zombie fair, and did you guys read Wolfskin mm-hmm. at all
1: mm-hmm.
4: did, did you know. like it it was all right uh, yeah it, i mean it's kind of what i'm saying is that i don't know if if Ellis is getting a reputation for his best work coming out of Avatar.
1: Right. Some people have the opinion that Ellis takes his best work to image DC and Marvel and Avatar is like the little scraps of paper that he finds you know, underneath the computer one day. Oh, that's a decent story. I'll write that for Avatar. I don't think that's the case with this book. No, I, oh I,
4: no, no. I mean he's not mailing it in at no, all. I mean this no. is this is uh well I mean it, it draws it draws a lot on the authority. It's you know, if you were a fan of his run on the authority and then um like where that series went, I think that you can you know see what ellis was starting to set up there it's like if we lived in a world where there were superhero or superpowered individuals and government started getting out of hand you know what at some point one of them's going to snap and say enough of this shit i'm going to balance the scales
1: a little bit
4: and you know it, i th- do you agree that's kind of his take on it
1: yeah i i think it's almost wish fulfillment really that let's be honest our current administration is is pretty much untouchable, right now. You have George Bush, who just said that one or two days ago about the attempted uh, removal by the Senate of uh, Gonzalez from office, where they voted. Where Bush said, "You know what? Let them have their vote. They're not going to tell me what I'm going to have in my party." Like, did you forget about the Constitution? There, there are, obviously he has. Yeah, there, there are checks and balances set up that prevent idiots like you from running roughshod over the American people. Obviously, y- you're not loyal to that document that is not, like you said, a scrap of paper. It's a f- the friggin' constitution. But anyway, I mean, they, they've gone to hideous lengths that no entity in our country or any other is going to put them in their place. This administration is going to peter out to its last days and the damage that they've done is going to affect us for the next 20 to 30 years. We're, we're going to have a hard time digging out, if we can, from under this. But in this book, Ellison invented the cure. It'd be so cool, I mean, to have a guy who himself is untouchable. They don't seem to be able to do anything, you know, to harm this guy. He just walked into the, the White he House. I
4: love like, He's like, you don't know what I can do, just don't test me.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and he does what most rational, honest people who believed in the, their country and the documents that they were founded upon would do. There's no talking to this man. There's no legal authority that could deal with this man. What do you do? You kill him. You take him out like a rabid dog. That's what you do. And that's what Ellis did. I love this John orr's character.
4: Well, it, I, I think it's interesting that, uh, you know, we're how many years into into this war now what is it uh what are we three too many three years too many three, yeah. three four years whatever and uh you know we're starting to see a few protest songs but very very little not certainly not in popular music we're starting to see some film on the independent scene again see there you said it,
1: the keyword right there
4: independent right yeah yeah it, it's you know I think a lot of people are sitting around waiting for um the the late sixties again for you know people to rise up and to have you know protest songs and huge gatherings and and for it to really get into the culture of you know take the country back kind of stuff yeah. and and it's everything is too too corporate too commercialized now, but you'll start to see it in the independent scenes and I right. think this is the first Is this really the first comic that is really you know out and out a protest comic
1: hmm that's a good question but to answer your, you know to reply to your statement about you know the difference between the 60s and now where you had people you know sitting in the streets and protesting in the 60s and you saw it on the news how when was the last time on our news you saw the amount of people that stood outside the White House protesting the Iraq War. You never see that on the news because because all the media outlets are controlled by these people. If they publish or televise something that attracts the attention of the people portrayed in there, they get slapped down and they don't do it again. And they've learned. They did it early in the administration and they their hooks are so deep in, into the media where you know any kind of protest or... Te- or Information dissemination is impossible at this point. So yeah, that's the difference between the '60s and now. There there are protests and protest songs being created, but you'll never see them on the on the quote legitimate media.
4: Yeah, yeah, you're not. You're very rarely going to see Steve Earle, you know, in, interviewed, and he's no. one of my my favorite artists. And, it, and
3: yeah,
1: it's people like Alex Jones and Jeff Rentz and those. People that try and get the word out, and they're they're judged, they're looked upon as, as kooks and and, and uh, extremists, you know. And and that's not because they act that way. That's because that's the picture these people paint of those honest reporters. If you try and get the word out, they're going to brand you an idiot and a, and a flake because that works in their favor. But so yeah, well, it, 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 no, it, it's impossible. The truth, the truth nowadays is almost impossible to to uh, to get.
4: Yeah, we'll see we'll see how how much if at all this affects ellis's uh tv career because i know that he's working on some tv projects yeah. here in the united states and you know i don't know if this book coming out of avatar press is going to be a big enough deal but you know he's yeah you know, the thing about ellis is that you you gotta you gotta have a feeling that you know he doesn't he doesn't care you know it's just like you know i'm not going to sit back and not say things and not tell stories that need to be told. Right. And,
1: you know, and he proved that in Transmit. He's not afraid to tackle the uh the touchy subjects. And, and yeah. I don't think there's anything touchier than murdering the president.
4: I miss Hunter S. Thompson.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I do I.
4: I'm sad now. I gotta go.
1: <laughs> go Gonzo. But but anyway, you know and and once again I, there was a, a couple little bits in here that really attracted me. The, early on, when Tom Noir and Horace are in the what looks like a library, and he's you know saying, "Look, we could tap into the data cloud that's around us." That's pure Ellis. <laughs> you know yeah. th- this data cloud, and then again, it goes back to his work on New Universe with the Akashic Records. This this grand repository of all human experience and knowledge that they can. T- that's what he's talking about there. Yeah.
4: Whenever yeah. he said data cloud, I was I was waiting for a, a rift in the bleed and for a, you yeah. know a, a slip gym <laughs> to come out. So it's, it's, it's like r- wow, that is
1: total authority. It's pure Ellis. I love that he named this savior of sorts, John Horus, because if you know your Egyptian mythology, Horus conquered Set, who was the uh, associated with snakes. And have you guys ever heard of David Ike? No. David Icke is this conspiracy theorist who has this theory that George Bush is a shape-shifting reptoid. No, then just hear me out. I didn't say I believe in it. <coughs> Bush, Cheney, uh, um, the, the Bilderbergs, uh, Blair, all oh, the Queen of England, and you know, all these people, they're, shape-sh- they're shape-shifting aliens who came to this planet millennia ago, blah, 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 but anyway, I don't so I don't know
4: George, George Bush is a scroll is what no,
1: you're telling me. I don't know if Ellis intended it, but the fact that Horace took out a shape shifting reptoid which is not far removed from a snake ties really nicely into the Horace set thing. But anyway, that's just me. Only only you would
4: fucking know that.
1: <laughs> that's just me going off on my shit. But I would buy Ellis as many drinks as he wanted for this one issue. This is a fantastic book. Ninety nine cents. Where are you going?
4: yeah i mean it was it was definitely it was definitely a zero issue it was definitely a teaser issue um i mean i'm i'm on board you know i'll 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 definitely check it out um
1: yeah yeah it's uh
4: <laughs>
2: he's sold, then how oh
1: boy howdy i am so
4: yeah yeah i mean i mean you're you're you know falling over you know all over yourself like sal always accuses you of doing but uh um.
1: <gasps> <laughs> that's okay Sal's just jealous because Sal's, He's a curmudgeonly
4: old bastard. <laughs>
1: he know, you know, Sal's jealous because you love me more than you love him.
4: Oh, well, that goes without saying. <laughs> you have much, much softer hands.
1: <laughs> and anyway, so David, you liked it, didn't you?
2: I really did. I, I mean, it was it, it was—it was pretty to look at, but as far as the message that, the, that Alice is putting out there, I mean, if if I liked what was going on, here the past in this country the past few years and what we've been doing abroad, if I if, if I was in, in agreement with those in charge, I probably wouldn't feel that way about this book, but what's going on in these pages are I'd love to see it happen. Yeah. So, you know, I I have no problems with the story.
1: It's painfully real. Painfully real. Visceral. It's a visceral book.
2: Yeah.
4: How far do you think he can go with the story, though? I mean, is this is it slated to be a
2: mini? Yes, it is a mini. It's okay. seven seven issues, beginning in August. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, how much farther can he go? I'm, and and he's already he's already.
1: I think he's probably the biggest deed. Yeah, he set the bar pretty high by slaughtering the president, and then having someone come into the. Uh-huh. Uh, the the press room dripping with the president's entrails you know that's pretty.
4: Oh, i'm not talking how much further he can push the envelope i'm saying where can he go with the story is right. it going to oh. be the fallout is it going to be about really you know is it going to be ellis's message that you know what if this did happen and people you know had the opportunity to to set things straight and do things right they would even though i have a feeling it's going to be it and this is, I think, unfortunately true. Is that if you give people a chance to make the same mistakes, mm-hmm. unfortunately, I think they'll they'll do just that. And I, and I think that you'll, you know, that that's where I think he will probably go with the story. Is mm-hmm. is that you know you can take care of one or two people, but you can't take care of two hundred million. You know, right. when the majority don't get it.
1: Right. My um, biggest fear um, is that he put the money shot in the first reel and everything that follows will be downhill. I, I, there's nowhere to go after you slaughter the president. How, how much, well, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, maybe he can, but how much more shocking can this book be? That's, that's a big thing to live up to. It's, it's in, in terms of, you know, if you were looking at a heart monitor, that's the spike. Everything else is gonna be the valleys. When, when you do something that surprising. So yeah, he's got the benefit of the doubt for me. I hope he can maintain it. I really do. And David mentioned the art. I don't think I can say that I don't like Perez and say that I like this because this is in the same neighborhood.
3: <laughs> I'm not a big fan
1: of Rip. He's good at what he does, but it's just a little a little too detailed for me.
4: Yeah, it's very, it's very, oh, yeah. it's very, yeah. I mean, are you a Darrow fan?
1: yeah really yes because and his line has an energy and yeah. I look at this and it's just a lot of it looks like detail for detail's sake where Darrow it just looks like that's his personality on paper yeah he's
4: got, he's got soul in, in his stuff right I see where, I see where you're going this there. is just a little too
1: studied and a little too uh, it yeah. almost looks like it looks like it, it was carved like a woodcut. it's just the wet line weights don't vary all that much I, I yeah, mean, I, I don't think it's bad. It's just that I I would not choose to or look at this kind of hyper detailed artwork all the time. Okay, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. He's talented. I'll, I'll give him
4: that. Yeah, it's uh, I. It, it, I'm actually kind of I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen more from him, but after seeing what he does i i I think most of most of the work has been you know really uber violent and you know definitely outside of the mainstream i don't know how good of a sequential storyteller he is i I think a lot of it is the 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 rendered or maybe even over rendered art um still trying to still trying to kind of see how i like his storytelling because Mm. it's uh um it's 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 good, but not great from what I've seen so far.
1: Well, the big names must think there's something to his work because he certainly attracts them. So I don't know. Wow, we're out of time. Are we really? Yes, we are. Well, as usual, Chris, old buddy, it was a pleasure having you. You don't stop by enough.
4: I'm uh, going to try (laughs) and fix that a little bit. But hey, man, it's getting close. July right around the corner. Then in August and uh, we're going to pate in the windy city. What's gonna the be date so good. this year? Um what the 10th, 11th, 12th? Eighth,
2: something like that. Not, yeah, 9th 10th, 11th, 9th I think is the preview night and then 10th, 11th, mm-hmm.
4: 12th. Putting in the pizza order now. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't get out in the city that much last time. So we're going to we're going to we're going to get you guys out and away from the convention for a little bit.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. So
4: we're going to we're going to have we're going to have a blast. It's um uh, we'll start putting it together what uh what you guys want to do
1: and
2: uh I just uh, wanna hang. I just wanna be with I'm you. There I'm there to hang out
1: with you all. And and Dan, if you're listening, don't make us come out there and beat the hell out of you.
4: Oh, Dan That's will right. be here. Yeah, Dan will be here. So Dan, yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. Dan
1: doesn't go, I'm not going. Oh that no. Well, I'm just saying that. Oh <laughs> I'm just trying to make Dan but, feel good. Yeah. Nice. All right. Thank you very guys, much, I'll, Chris. Always a pleasure. Well, there, there's always a seat at Bullpen Bulletins for Chris Naisman Yep. Yeah, my biggest
4: disappointment is that you guys just don't live in Chicago because there would always be a seat uh, on or around comics for you guys.
1: All right. For Vince. For David. And this other guy over here. What's your name again?
4: Uh, Tom Caters. Right.
1: We'll see you next time on Bullpen Bulletins, where we'll probably be jumping into Planet Hulk full bore. Get ready. That's the countdown episode. That's that's after the Planet Home. In about in about two months. I'm
2: off. (laughs) See ya.
1: (laughs) Bye bye. Bye.